0: Welcome to the 11th episode of Slime Time, the official Dragon's Quest Dragon's Den podcast. This is Platy M3. And this is Liam Land.
1: So uh, we've been on uh, hiatus for, I guess, a month and a half now. Uh, What have you been up to,
0: Platy? Uh, I've been doing a bunch of different things. I keep trying to play video games, but other than uh, Cthulhu Saves Christmas, which was a lovely, like, five to six hour awesome game, um, I've just been jumping around, i over christmas put in grandia 2 which is one of my favorite non-dragon quest games ever and then kind of forgot i was playing it after a week and then started playing puzzle quest just max three game um i'm gonna be on an earthbound podcast next week and i'd never played earthbound so i did about a week and a half with that got about 10 hours into it and it's an odd game i think if i played it in the 90s i would have liked it but it's a little uh they've never remade that man that game really could use a remake at this point yeah um, or a sequel i mean i i've
1: i've only played the first two the the nes mm-hmm. or, or the, i guess it was translated as earthbound 0 yeah and uh and regular earthbound for the snes um and yeah they're fun they are very strange you like fighting hippies With like a kind of funky psychedelic background. (laughs) Oh
0: gosh, those backgrounds. You know what? I think playing that at like ten o'clock at night, the backgrounds maybe were like leading me to go to sleep a little bit more like uh (laughs) (laughs) lulling you to sleep. Lulling me to sleep. Nice. Um been uh I saw the Nino Cooney movie that came out. That was pretty good. Um, I started
1: playing that a little bit. Uh, The the, the DS version, we Mm -hmm. were talking about it over Christmas. I I played a little bit of that.
0: Nice. And yeah, we'll talk about the news in a minute about the next uh, video game movie to come out. But when it does come out, I can watch it now in my garage. That was the uh, big thing I did over Christmas break. Um we've had an elliptical machine that's been out here for about a year and a half. Um, I think I used it eight times in a year and a half. My wife will round that down to zero, but no, I definitely made it on there about eight times in a year and a half. But, uh, put a TV out here over Christmas break and got a spin bike that my parents don't use. And now my wife and I'll come out here and we'll, we'll, both exercise for about 45 minutes or take turns with the kids inside and one of us come out here and I think I've got in like a good 15 workouts in January (laughs) so uh hey age 42 maybe it's time to get in a little bit of shape (laughs) nice yeah I've been doing some of that
1: myself um trying to get get rid of the dad Mm butt and all that Mm -hmm. um so yeah uh so my my wife's friends were over from Japan for Christmas it was uh it was pretty amazing time one of them actually works in the um in the uh, graphics department that uh, handled the Sonic redesign, which is pretty cool for the movie. Uh, she was really pleased to hear how much uh, people preferred it to like the original and everything. Okay. Uh, and then we, we moved um, earlier last month. We're renting a, a, a place um, along the Hudson River. Um, and so it's a lot nicer than the old apartment that we had. And uh, I'm home much, much faster. So that's always nice. Um, There's also a really cool community center nearby with uh, things like um, a gym and a business center and um, uh, and actually like a little small movie theater, which is pretty cool. I'm hoping to uh, uh, maybe watch uh, your story in there if I could rent that out. Nice. All right. Well, we kept
0: our guest waiting long enough. (laughs) (laughs) All right. From the live from the Dragon's Den, we have longtime
2: denizen king zenith hey thanks for having me guys um yeah really looking forward to uh to the podcast yeah welcome
1: awesome nice. yeah. yeah what is what is live from the dragon's den intel? he's actually in a den he's actually in the dragon's
0: den right now Well, then he might not be live for long, I guess. Oh,
1: okay. Fair enough. (laughs) Uh, Welcome. So uh, can we start with some uh, DQ news about what's coming down the pipeline? We've got both uh, Dragon Quest Your Story with an English dub coming to Netflix streaming, uh, next week, I'm hoping we're also going to get the Japanese with uh, English subtitles. Um, and at the end of the month, we're getting Dragon Quest with the uh, Dragon Quest of the Stars mobile release. Um, Dragon Quest Tact was recently announced for smartphones in Japan. So now, when a fellow fan says something dumb, we can say you lack DQ Tact.
0: Well, only if they're in the United States, because we will lack DQ Tact. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> Sadly, that's probably too <laughs> true. <laughs>
1: um and uh yeah with the re- with the releases and news this is shaping up to be a very questy month how are you guys feeling about february right now
0: room factory four <laughs> uh,
2: uh okay <laughs> other, sure
0: uh, other than the dragon quest stuff too of course
2: yeah yeah i'm uh i'm definitely looking forward to dragon quest your story i mean the first time that i heard that it was coming out in japan i was super jealous but uh i, I didn't expect that we would get uh get an english dub um you know, my sons love Dragon Quest Five. My wife and my daughter will tolerate it, so uh, we're totally going to watch that next week. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm looking forward to it. Um, you know, I've I've been the ending has been spoiled for me. I'm totally fine with it. Uh, I'm going right. to enjoy it anyway. All you know, right, let's I, not
1: talk about that because I haven't. I I've successfully avoided all spoilers for it. <laughs> I can't believe you've actually avoided that. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime I see reference to your story, I just like completely shut off what I'm looking at. Or
2: <laughs> no worries. I, uh, I-, I wouldn't dream of spoiling it for you, but, appreciate uh, it. I'm sure yeah. the movie
1: itself will spoil it for me when I actually see it.
2: There you go. There you <laughs> go. I oh, hear it. I hear it's terrible, but,
1: um, <laughs> I'm going in with extremely low expectations. So like, I'm, I hope it won't be as bad as everybody's. Uh,
2: you know what they say though? Yeah. There's, there's that saying, I mean, you could slap a DQ logo on a piece of crap and, uh, and many of us would buy it happily, and for me, I know that's definitely true. So um, yeah, I don't know. I'm definitely going to uh, enjoy that.
1: Nice. Yeah, uh, it could be terrible, and I'll still attempt to get it on Blu-ray if possible, <laughs> just because it has and those Dragon bonus on features. It. Yeah. So awesome. um uh, Yeah. So uh, I actually did miss my chance to become a voice actor as a slime for that. Um, I was bugging. Um, Mishi, and I think, I, I think Neil as well, I may have dropped a couple of hints. And I think I said this on a former podcast that I really if we did get an English dub, I would love to be just in any kind of background slime, I don't have to, you know, say any major lines or anything, just <laughs> kind of like, uh, you know, whatever slimes say in the background, I'll, I'll, I'll do that. But uh, yeah, unfortunately, um, that must have already been in the works <laughs> before I uh, started bugging people about that. But yeah, I don't know. if there's a sequel, yeah. I'm, I'll uh, I'll get, I'll I'll totally submit a demo tape of me doing slime voices. You should do it right now. Uh, this could be your demo tape. I don't know. Yeah, I, don't I don't think would, we have time <laughs> for that. <laughs> okay. okay, but yeah, it's a good thought. But uh, we got a lot to discuss today, and I'm not just saying <laughs> that to avoid the subject. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not just saying. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I mentioned the movie theater before. I was thinking about renting that uh, the community center movie theater out because you can do that. It's small, um, and you can just like reserve it and just do like Dragon Quest: Your Story uh, when it comes out. Um, apparently, there's like- quite a few. Japanese expats in like the community, so uh, it is possible. I could just say like, "Hey, whoever wants to watch the Dragon Quest movie," but it's a little less of a selling point if it's just the English dub. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. Um, I so another news. I, I signed up for Quest of the Stars on the Facebook page. I'd recommend if anyone hasn't done that already, you, you definitely do that because the more signups we get from the start, uh, the better starting bonus- bonuses will be.
0: Yeah, um, I've signed up twice. I got my Apple device and my Google device. Oh, nice. Yeah, I didn't even think of that.
2: Yeah, I didn't think of that either. My son and I have both signed up. Um, so yeah, we're we're ready for it. Um, he was actually selected for the beta. Um, you know, being Canadian, we uh, I guess we were in the pool without having to uh, do the VPN or anything like that. But uh, Oh, yeah. Yeah. So being 12, he totally didn't check his email until like a week ago. And I guess the beta is closed now. So he's got to wait till the end of the month like the rest of us. Oh, man. yeah we, uh, that,
1: that's pretty funny because we were all like really trying to get in into that or creating fake canadian profiles to see if we can kind of sneak our way in and none of us got in your son yeah, got Vlad- in, but he wasn't paying attention
0: yeah gladium <laughs> 3 canada gmail.com did not make the cut <laughs>
2: <laughs> i'll uh, i'll put in a good word for you next time with trudeau oh,
1: nice yeah because i'm sure he lobbied for that right
2: oh, i'm sure i'm sure <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, well, we'll get talking about a lot more Dragon Quest stuff on today's podcast, but first, let's get to know our guest, King Zenith, who we've already uh, been chatting with a little bit. We'll get to know him, and then the main part of our podcast today, we're going to be talking about, speaking of mobile games, we're going to talk about Dragon Quest Monsters Super Light, which uh, still goes strong in Japan, but we had access to it for a very brief window in English, and we're going to talk about on the wii a system most of you probably don't have plugged in anymore but we're going to talk about dragon quest swords and uh that kind of one-off side game that came out so uh king zenith let's get to know you a little bit what is with your username and how did you get into dragon quest in general (laughs)
2: uh well it's it's really the same story so uh you know my uh my dq history is like like so many other people i got dragon warrior for free with a nintendo power subscription um but unlike a bunch of other people I've heard on this podcast, uh, that's not why I got Nintendo Power. Um, and I, you know, I, I got the game and uh, I played it and I was like, wow, this is this is nothing like Mario or Duck Hunt. Like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what, what is this? So I, I didn't really like it. I got bored. I, I put it down. And uh, and yeah, that's that's it. Um, but, uh, you know, a few months later, I got bored of my other games and decided I'll give this Dragon Warrior game another chance. I uh, played a couple hours and really, really was digging it. So. Um, so that's that. So I had a few hours of Dragon Warrior under my belt, and off we go on a road trip with my family. Um, and I, I brought along my uh, my explorer's handbook uh, that goes with the Dragon Warrior game. Um, and I just, I remember the whole trip, I'm just studying the book and, uh, you know, trying to figure out, all right, how can I, how how long before I can upgrade my axe to a broadsword? And when am I going to be ready to fight this scorpion thing? And And, you know, that kind of stuff. So anyway, just my mind was, uh, I don't know, really, really uh, into the game. So anyway, but uh, again, I, I only had played a couple hours. So I came home from that trip just obsessed with the game and couldn't wait to play it again. Um, and uh, and then so, yeah, the love was born. Um, I went on. I played Dragon Warrior 2 through 4 as they were released. Um, I remember always getting them for my birthdays. Uh, I didn't know when a new game was going to be released. But uh, my, my dear sweet mother stayed on top of things and made sure that I always had the new games uh, at my birthday. Only Dragon Warrior. Um so uh, anyway, it was uh that was that was great. I always look forward to my birthday and a new Dragon Warrior coming down. Um at least that's how it worked until Dragon Warrior four. Um after that, I'm sorry for the Dragon Quest fandom, but my mom really dropped the ball uh, after that. So we never never saw another Dragon Quest game uh, after that's four. Why. So I'm that's sorry. Why. It's <laughs> yeah it's finally explained. So yeah, up until college. So uh, I always thought it was weird how Dragon Warrior 1 to 3 were a trilogy, and then 4 was just kind of hanging out there. Um, but uh, I liked 4. It was it was always my favorite of the NES titles. Um, I replayed it all the time. Um, yeah, but uh, anyway, after 4 and after playing it a bunch, I, I kind of gave up looking for a new Dragon Warrior game. I just figured this series is done. So uh, fast forward to 2006. Uh, I just got married. And what do newlyweds so often do? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> they ignore each other and play video games. So uh, yeah, that's that's what I did. So for some reason, right after getting married, I had this insatiable desire to play Dragon Warrior again. Like I just had to I had to reclaim this thing from my youth. Maybe it was like growing up and I'm like, I didn't want to grow up too fast, so I had to have this thing from my childhood. So uh, but I'd sold my Nintendo at that point and the games that go with it some years uh, before that. I got a lot of money for Dragon Warrior 4 and and uh, two. And three, but anyway, so I had to pay the bills. Um so anyway, I uh I emulated those games, um, found an emulator, found the ROM, started playing them, and uh yeah, the the love was rekindled. Um but but this time I didn't have my trusty maps or explorer's guides. Those went when I sold them, so I had to search the internet for the best, the best, most awesomest Dragon Quest fan site around. But that site was under maintenance, so I just settled on the Dragon's Den.
0: Are we talking about
2: Dwayne's site? <laughs> yeah, yeah, the DQ shrine,
0: of course. The DQ shrine. It, it's, it's still under maintenance from what I hear. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's perpetually under maintenance. <laughs>
2: exactly, exactly. So a, a close second to the Dragon's Den. Um, nice. I didn't sign up for it, but, uh, but while I was there, I remember learning that uh, Dragon Warrior wasn't Dragon Warrior anymore. It's Dragon Quest now. And Japan kept getting more games that we didn't. So this, this kind of blew my mind. And uh, when I found out about Dragon Quest V, um, you know, my whole childhood just made more sense. Like, Dragon Warrior Four was never meant to be its own game. It's part of this larger story, the saga of the Zenithian. Um, you know, so I just I can't even explain the feeling that uh, of playing through Dragon Quest V for the first time. When I found there was a patch, I could play this in English. Um, everything else, like, uh, you know, I, I think I did a, uh, a two-year uh college program in 4 years because of Dragon Quest 5 and 6 like i <laughs> oh, forgot work i got this uh yeah so anyways so uh i finished 5 i went right on to 6 and played the hell out of that um while my wife was pregnant with our first son so that's uh yeah so that that's that that brought me to Dragon Quest 6 um and that's when i finally decided i'll take the plunge and i'm going to sign up at the Dragon Stand and so Dragon Quest 6 is fresh in my mind um and i thought i'd choose a name that's kind of you know, current with what I'm doing, and I was doing Dragon Quest Six, so um, yeah. So the, anyway, King Zenith is in that game. Um, you know, I uh, I actually make maps for a living, like surveying and mapping and stuff. And Zenith is a term that we commonly use, so it just seemed like a good fit. Um, King Zenith, why not? And uh, let me tell you, I was pissed when the official DS translation came out, and they changed his name to Lord Zenith. Um, <laughs> I yeah yeah i wondered you know those those bastards but anyway like he's he's not just some lord he's not uh you know lord of the manor he's king king right. zenith for god's sake um <laughs> anyway I, I i briefly thought about changing my name but i i don't like lord zenith and i'd already kind of attached the name to like my email address youtube twitter and and all that <laughs> stuff so just didn't happen Anyway, uh, fast forward five years. My son was very interested in Dragon Quest. You know, I was always playing the game. Um, he started playing Rocket Slime. Uh, he kind of continued on from there. And he's now played uh, all the mainline games and most of the spin-offs in his 12 short years on this earth. So, um, yeah, raising him right, you know. Um, he might even be a bigger fan than me. Um, he's asked a few times if he can join the Dragon Stand. So if you ever see, like, a Prince Zenith online, maybe that's him. <laughs> um, I don't know. He could nice. pop up one of these days. Maybe he'll um, be Lord Zenith. Yeah, maybe <laughs> that would just work. Just mess with you. <laughs> That's not a bad idea. Not a bad idea. So yeah, if I can give a piece of advice to anyone who's raising a child with the hopes that they'll share your love for Dragon Quest, it would be uh, just that you you need you need to have the talk. Uh, you know, with your kids and do it early. Um, you know, like kids, kids are experiencing things at a much younger age than, than we did. Um, you know, they're, they're practically bored with a switch controller in their hands. So as, as soon as they can play games, you need to teach them about safe questing. Um, you know, <laughs> you, you need to get your kids to church and get them there often. Um, so yeah, when I, when I give my kids the talk, I usually start with a story about the dozens of hours I poured into a game, grinding a super file, only to drop my DS and have the cartridge pop out on the floor before you could save you know don't don't be that kid don't be the kid crying in the backseat because the battery died and you haven't been to the church in 12 hours like (laughs) save every time you get a chance don't rely on your quick saves make a king or church save Uh, you know don't drop your ds especially you know if you're mad don't throw it you know put it down and throw something (laughs) worthless like the fine china so nice anyway i feel like like we
1: need the psa music like the more you know oh oh, there we go And. (laughs) <laughs> All right,
2: so what are, what are your, uh, uh, some of your favorite or least favorite games in the DQ series? Uh, my favorites are definitely the Zenithia Trilogy. You know, like I said, I really liked 4, and there's just that feeling when 5 and 6 came out. Like, I just, I don't know, that there's nothing that really has even come close. So, um, And six, 6 even holds a special place in my heart for a number of reasons. I remember I played through the DS version like a half dozen times uh, in English before it was released, um, I was uh, I was helping to test a fan translation that was going on um, before we kind of knew that there was going to be an official release. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. That was that was a lot of fun and really helped me kind of understand the plot of that, that game a lot more. Like when I played the Super Famicom version, I, I didn't really I played it and yeah, I didn't really understand it as much. But uh, going through the English DS version was a lot a uh, lot better. So anyway, yeah, Zenithia ones for sure. Uh, least favorite probably honestly like Dragon Quest one to three. Um, just because there isn't there isn't as much to those games. I know there's a lot of nostalgia, and I, I still love them, of course. Like you know, asking like what's your least favorite Dragon Quest game is a totally a cruel question. Like making you rank your favorite children. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> We've all got them, but you can't say it too. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, so so you
1: have you have a uh, favorite spinoffs?
2: Yeah, actually, like Dragon Quest Swords is totally uh, a favorite spinoff of mine. So I mean, as soon as I learned that you could. Slash at slimes on a screen. Like I've I've always imagined myself doing that. I just had to have the game. Um, In fact, it was my lifelong dream uh, to have this game. Um, So so now my lifelong dream is to do the Dragon Quest VR experience uh, with my whole family. I guess I'm a little bit like Homer Simpson with my lifelong dreams, though. So I I can just hear Marge saying, "Your lifelong dream was to eat the world's biggest hoagie, and you did that last year." But uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but totally. When you talked about doing the Dragon Quest VR experience, that uh, that sounded amazing, and knowing you could do it with a party, like that's cool. Yeah, yeah.
1: That uh, that really did feel. You know, having played Swords first, it really did feel like kind of a spiritual successor to that game to Swords. Um, the VR experience in much a way that like, I, I, know, uh, Kenshin dragon quest, uh, um, came before swords and swords is like, con- is I think it's considered this, uh, a sequel. At least, um, I think according to IGN, there was some uh, Square Enix has uh, branded Dragon Quest Sword as a sequel to Kenshin Dragon Quest, hmm. which is the uh, that motion-activated kind of plug-and-play where it's like uh, you're basically plugging a sword controller directly into the TV, and the whole game's like in the controller.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I think I've heard that they're related in that way. I don't think the story connects or anything, but they're yeah, like a spiritual successor, like you said. I
1: yeah, I con- conceptually very similar. But uh, what's so cool about that Kenshin game is you can still get that in Japan. You can go over to, I I saw that um, on my last trip at a Don Quixote, uh, which is kind of like a, um, it's like a convenience department store type thing. Where they just have like a lot, it's like several floors where they have like a lot of just random stuff to buy, like household items and tchotchkes and and things um, and yeah, you you just go explore those floors and you'll you'll randomly see it like up on a on a shelf.
2: Do you uh, do you need like an old school TV to play that uh, to hook it up to, or can you? Uh, does it have an uh, HDMI port or I something?
1: Yeah, it has an HDMI. I think by the time it came out, it was probably RCA. Yeah, um, yeah I'm not sure about that. To tell you the truth, but uh, I'm I'm guessing it's RCA.
2: Got to track that down and make it work. Yeah, you know, and like you're talking about the VR experience. Um, that sounds totally amazing. I just I he also mentioned how much stamina you need to get through it, and like also you guys are talking about uh, <laughs> yeah. you know losing your dad bods, but I'm I'm growing oh, yeah, my yeah. dad bods, so I don't know. I'm gonna have to train for a while before I go over there. I'll save yeah. up my shekels and train for uh, for the
1: VR. <laughs> well, I I was in full dad bod mode when I went and did the VR, um, and that 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 particular one. Uh, I just I went alone because they I, my my wife was watching our son, so um, they they gave me a staff priest. Um, they just gave me a, a young staffer there to be um, my my priest. since I was just being a gladiator, I would have just gotten wiped way, way, way faster than I actually did. but uh, but, yeah, it was definitely you're out of stamina, you're out of breath because you're just slashing as fast as you can at uh, multiple monsters coming at you in an onslaught um from multiple angles so you have to constantly be like watching your back like turning around 360 degree it's a very really cool experience but uh i'd say i don't know exercise a little before you go
2: <laughs> i'll definitely work up to it a couple marathons and then the uh then the uh, VR experience
1: maybe not that you do you have to train <laughs> for a tough motor you just have to like I don't know. Uh, hit, hit a treadmill for a week. <laughs>
2: I've, I've already got the Rocky music going through my head, so. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All set. How cool would it be to be that uh, that staff priest or whatever? I mean, that's your job is to just help people out on their quests. I don't know. I think that'd be pretty fun.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. I think they were used to getting more groups, so they probably usually don't have to do that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think they were just taking, taking pity on me for being the one guy who, <laughs> who walked up alone. <laughs> and during like a quiet period,
2: <laughs> awesome, awesome, yeah. So other uh, other off games that I like. I mean, Slime Mori Mori, the Rocket series, um, love that. I played the first one. Um, you know, there there is that translation patch for that first one. Uh, that's good enough to get through it and understand it. So that was uh, that was good. My son played it too. Uh, Rocket Slime, great, and uh, yeah, I like the Monster series even maybe even especially caravan heart i know that's kind of like the the black sheep of the monster series or something but i i like that game i like the food system i liked everything about it so um yeah not,
0: not in this household man <laughs>
2: not a black sheep in this household all right <laughs> um,
0: i i love that I've, I've played through it at least twice and i start i if you go on game faqs i even have a little guide i think a breeding guide or something there that i did yeah when it came out That was I I, that is the one game I really anxiously like within hours of the translation patch being there. I had it playing that. That, That's that's great. That's awesome. The guide is called Platty's Guide to Not Hating This Game. (laughs) (laughs) I think uh, Brian Woodis over at the den. Liam, isn't he trying to play that soon or he was asking about it? Uh, Maybe. I remember talking about the hunger
1: mechanic and that a lot of people didn't like it.
0: Yeah, he was asking about it. I'm like, you know what? Honestly, after... A couple hours you don't even notice it is it like this. is
1: it like builders because i yeah. haven't played i haven't played caravan heart yet
0: yeah it is because you're just if you're out walking around the world map you're going through your food it just okay. it's, a, it's like right. it's, it's like a timer counting down
1: so it's like it's like torneco then and that and Torneco's the dungeon series
0: mm-hmm. yeah like any of those games
1: and I, I is just, it easy to find like bread or food or anything or
0: that's the thing after like an hour or two i don't think it really is a big issue because you you can start holding more and you can start you start getting more money. Okay. So the majority
1: of people who hated it were like, fuck this within the first hour. Yeah,
3: exactly. (laughs)
0: Think about like healing in a Dragon Quest game, you know, after about two or three hours, you're not worried about having money for the inn. You're not worried about casting that spell and it using ninety percent of your MP.
1: Yeah.
2: You know
0: yeah. yeah.
2: It's a great analogy it's like walking through a poison swamp or whatever like when you've got 15 hp or whatever you know Mm -hmm. you gotta count your steps but when you got like 450 then who cares (laughs) yeah you just plow through and like oh well
0: so i'm poisoned (laughs) cast my antidote and i'm good to go nice so yeah i don't even remember it being an issue like i said past a couple hours i mean it it is limiting right at the beginning but it's limiting like hit points you know Mm. you've got 10 you better watch every shot that a slime gets on you. And then, you know, a few hours into the game, you're at 100 hit points. What's, you know, two, three, five here and there. So how about, uh, how about your least favorite spinoffs?
2: Yeah, uh, I'm not a not a fan of it- Itadaki Street or, or Fortune Street. Um, you know, my, my kids love that game. They used to play it all the time. And, uh, and I, I don't know, it's just like, I just couldn't get into it. And it's it's that one time in life where I, I just wish my kids would turn off that damn Dragon Quest game and play something <laughs> good. I, uh... <laughs> I would never say that, like, you know, Mario Kart, whatever you'd rather you should be playing Dragon Quest instead. Forget that game or Fortnite. Um, Get over to Dragon Quest. But with uh, Fortune Street, I'm just like, oh, man, can't. there's so many good games out there. Why are we playing this one? So but, you know, the good thing for it, I guess, is it was multiplayer. And and obviously my kids could play at a young age. So has that going for it. But nah, not not for me. Um, I did play the Mario one for the DS, I played the Final Fantasy one for PS2, and uh, of course the Wii one that we actually received in uh, in the West, So, but no, not not a big fan.
1: Hmm, that's interesting, because you played all of them. I know.
2: <laughs> yeah. You just I play
1: like... one of them, you're like, ah, that's done for me. You're like, I hate
0: this, I've got to play the sequels. <laughs>
2: <laughs> maybe they'll be better.
0: Well, that's yeah. the thing, yeah, you're always hoping that maybe the next one, maybe it'll catch on the next one. I'll like the next yeah. one better, it'll be better. Right, right. It'll finally yeah. click. <laughs> so, uh, any games in the Dragon Quest franchise that you haven't got around to playing that you'd really like to?
2: Oh man, this is embarrassing. But uh, as as much as I've you know played so many of the games, I've only played like two or three hours worth of Dragon Quest Eleven and Heroes and Heroes Two and Builders and Builders Two. Um, I I desperately want to play these games. They're I was I was saying to Matt earlier. They're they're in the other room. They're taunting me. They call out to me all the time. <laughs> But I just can't get to those games. I uh, I just don't have that much time for console games anymore. My son, who's twelve, he he's played through all of those. Um, he's thoroughly spoiled eleven for me. Um, I you know I, I I held out for a long time. I was like you know don't tell me what's going on. And he's right. like okay, but it's cool. And then uh, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I finally broke down. We had to talk about it. <laughs> nice.
1: Eleven is definitely worth prioritizing, um, particularly here if you have the Switch version version oh. uh, with all the extra content and everything.
2: That's that's what sucks. I bought all these games. They're waiting for me on the PS4. And now I want to get a switch and play all of them on that for (laughs) definitive edition. And, uh, I guess we'll just have to buckle down and do that. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, all, uh, all of those games. I also, I haven't played any of the mystery dungeon games, um, for more than like 10 minutes. I have booted them all up and, and kind of looked around a little bit, but, um, yeah, no, I'd like to play those too. Um, and again, I fell off the wagon before Eight for 3DS came out, so I haven't played that. Um, my son has, right up to the souped-up bosses at the end. And uh, yeah, I, I don't know. So I really want to play. I, I got a big backlog. I got some homework to do.
1: <laughs> nice. Yeah, not, I mean, right. I, I, I've got a backlog. I, I have to play through the entire Monster series, which I'm, I'm on one right now. Because <laughs> I've, never, I've never played more than half. Of that, and now I'm I'm about three quarters in, so hoping to uh, hoping to you give. You've got
0: that like up. 200 hours on that, and you're three hours in. Yeah, <laughs> well, quarters. that's
1: I'm I'm doing a severe amount of grinding to uh, to bulk up my monsters. That's that's nice. the big yeah to grind or not to grind.
0: That's He's the, gonna stomp the final boss. We've chatted about this, like Liam. <laughs> you get to like level 40 before breeding, and me, I'm like, oh look, level 10, I can breed. Well, we we
1: we, we have we've got a great uh, debate about the grind and and that. Um, like when to class change, we had this whole discussion. Well, I guess last week about uh, uh, <laughs> Dragon Quest three and when you know when to class change in that. Um, Platy, you said never.
3: What's, and, what's uh, the point?
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I I would always gr- um, have my characters up to around like level forty so that they have like oh. a, a decent <laughs> amount, like all the spells and a decent amount of like MP and HP, so that when it's when it's halved, um, it's not as big of a loss, and like you know, now you can just grind back up to uh, yeah to like twenty, and um, and uh, yeah, you'll have like way way better stats than if you were just class change at twenty and have like half the spells and not that much MP. So um, yeah, at least
0: completion time is twice
2: mine. <laughs> <laughs> i'm totally with platy on that one i mean i i i class change my uh my mage into a sage and that's it i'm I'm super boring with dragon quest 3 i just I, I don't see the point either like there's really no no need for it and it's not fun for me so i just don't do it i don't know anyway it's okay we can we can be on different <laughs> sides yeah we often <laughs> are one
1: today so <laughs> we, often, we we often are on different sides it's good yeah i like i like music and glad doesn't i like grinding you don't
0: there's music in <laughs> dragon quest games yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right so if, if i ever hit the unmute button that's what i'll hear yeah <laughs> <laughs> um do you have any favorite or least favorite
2: characters or monsters um i i don't have a lot of like mainline characters that i dislike passionately like like i know a lot of people really hate maribel um i like her i think she's great um so, you know, I, I guess the, the people I, I'm not a huge fan of are kind of the boring people like, uh, you know, Tuppence in, in Dragon Quest V or Nevin in Dragon Quest Six, like, <laughs> 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 <Wow>. <laughs> I don't know, like Tuppence especially, he just doesn't have anything going for him, like, I don't know. No special ability. There's nothing to set him apart. He's just boring. He can play chess, though, so he's got that, I guess. I guess I forget <laughs> about that. But, you know, at least Sancho had Whistle, and he could equip a hellahammer and stuff that made him useful. Tuppence is just hes terrible. Yeah, there's nothing to him. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, least least favorite characters. Um, since we're talking about Dragon Quest v, uh, I, I got to talk about Dr. Agon, or I, I don't know, is that how you say his name? Like Ned Flanders. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I love The Simpsons. I, Flanders is a great character, but Dragon Quest V didn't need the Zenith Dragon to be Flanders. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know what they were thinking. <laughs> I don't know. Did that, did that bother? Is that just me, or did that bother you guys too? Were you like, "What is this guy?" That was, that I don't know remember that.
1: Was that in the that was in the remake?
2: Yeah, in the DS one. Everything is diddly doodly. Uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) i don't remember that now i
0: don't i don't specifically remember it from that as much as i remember it from the dqfm episode where austin was going on and on about how much uh it's bj's he talks just like bj and these are southern guys talking dragon quest all the time and bj is bj's ned flanders so yes when you say that i think back to the episode they did last summer about that (laughs) and they did a whole skit where is it something Dr. Agan said, or is it something that BJ said? And even BJ got a couple of them <laughs> wrong. <laughs> He's like, "Oh yeah, I do say that." But That's awesome. Oh, you know, I, it's kind of like the what is it? The all the accents in Dragon Quest Four when they brought that over. Some things they just took and ran with, and maybe they should have pulled back a little bit.
2: Yeah, totally. I mean, I I I like some accents, and you know, it's better when it's spoken, of course. But Dragon mm-hmm. Quest Four just they, that went too far especially you know the first chapter of the game so anyone picking up this game hey i wonder what this oh, is yeah drop right <laughs> into that scottish brogue or whatever it is and uh you know it was too bad because they dialed it back a little bit later but the first chapter is you just can't understand what, yeah. what the hell they're saying
1: yeah that's really frustrating because dragon Quest 4 is my favorite classic game and i i really dislike what they did with the with the uh, the phonetic accents and stuff and i just have to like translate it um but yeah there was there was a fan patch for like the a ds rom where you could actually like put the dragon quest uh dragon warrior 4 script into dragon quest 4 and like just, <laughs> i saw that yeah yeah it's like it, i it i haven't tried it yet but i do feel like playing it that way on a future playthrough
2: <laughs> me too that's that was a cool idea and kudos to that team for doing that that's uh that looks awesome yeah so, uh, yeah, what are we talking about? Fa- favorite characters, I guess. Favorite uh, characters, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, any, anyone willing to give me a puff puff gets bonus points. <laughs> um, even that sheep in Dragon Quest Nine. So, um, yeah.
1: It, is that, uh, yeah, we were talking about the sheep. Uh, <laughs> is, that, is
2: it the sheep in the post game on the cliff? I, I don't know the sheep in the post game on the cliff. Like, it, it, it could be, it's from a DLC quest um and i think it was in the uh in the hunter's yurts near batsureg or or however you pronounce that Um, okay yeah it was just a quest to uh you get a puff puff as a reward if you can like fight a boss troll and get it to drop something bring it back there and then you get a a sheep's (laughs) ass in your face uh two sheeps oh yeah yeah so they get you from both sides there (laughs) If you haven't seen it, I mean, like, go to YouTube and check it out. Uh, Dragon Quest Nine, Puff Puff with the Sheep. It's really weird. Nice. <laughs> I don't
1: remember that one. <laughs> I think I only did all the quests on my first playthrough, uh, because some of them were kind of annoying.
2: Yeah, um, and, and, right.
1: Yeah, like, some of them were just, like, really hard to generate the exact uh, like situation and everything where you could uh um where, where, like the exact uh m- type of like special monster that needed to show up or you had to do like a series of things a series of like special moves for it and it was just kind of frustrating so oh, it, yeah. it, was, it was a tough one i just did it once and then you know never again
3: <laughs> a lot of them involved
0: a lot of randomness yeah you know what was the one with like take the stick and
2: beat the slimes with only using a cypress stick or something like that <laughs> yeah, right. I, yeah what i think one of the worst i remember was uh there was a monster with decent decent hp and you had to uh you had to your last hit on it had to be a critical hit or something like that so oh yeah yeah,
0: yeah, yeah that's yeah. just cruel Yeah, there was one with like an atlas that you could only defeat with fire or like the weakest fire spell or something like
2: that. Yes. Yeah, they were
0: they were very nitpicky. And, you know, by the time you're on quest like 198, you're like, oh, my God. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah there was the, the the dangerous bustier one as well which is like a one percent drop in a in a like an s rank chest or something like that and it was just like really really frustrating to uh, to have to like go through that many grottos just to find this one item of clothing for a quest
2: yeah for sure and you know the the dlc too i mean that's that's it's too bad i i, don't, I guess we can't get it anymore without uh you know special means i, I really hope they remake that game uh, I'm I sure they you. will.
1: Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm fairly certain that they're going to work on that at some point. You know, they've remade almost every every game in the series, I, I, everyone in the main series at this point.
0: Oh, they have. Heck, they've already remade
3: 11. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it it yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, guess not remade, but I mean, yeah, they've already got, you know. 11 yeah, 2, yeah. basically, out there on the Switch. So, oh my, I'm watching the sheep giving a puff puff right now. Oh, nice. <laughs> the, the line I like here we go. Come on, come now, come to me. Good. Now stay. Stay in your place. Nope, right there. I'm done. <laughs> it says, I'm done at the end.
2: Oh, no, no. That was me. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I think there's something like one more time with your woolly behinds on their face or something like that, right? I don't know. It's uh, it's something to see. Definitely got to check it out. Oh,
0: now one more time. Yeah, here we go. Puff, puff, again. Bah.
2: <laughs> yes, you must the not sheep so. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, man. Yeah,
2: good stuff. Oh, boy. Oh, boy.
0: We'll have to have uh, Woodis we'll drop that in the uh, YouTube version of this. He does a YouTube version for this, and he's always looking for photos of what
2: we're talking about or clips of what we're doing that's awesome wow. i remember there was a there was a dragon's den contest one time uh, where you had to do i don't know do something funny or make a video and uh i i think i put a bunch of sheep clips from dragon quest 9 including this puff puff to the song uh <laughs> dirty deeds done with sheep um I guess it's a parody. <laughs> is that
1: was it that, that sounds like weird al <laughs>
2: who did that it's not it's it's something else i don't know w- woodis was actually familiar with the song because uh i guess being from iowa they're uh <laughs> dirt deeds done with sheep is you know something about velcro gloves i don't know uh anyway <laughs> he, ask wudis to tell you more about it i i <laughs> i don't know
1: yeah. awesome um so do you have any uh any least favorite monsters
2: yeah all those uh trap monsters mimics uh earn expected well wishers uh, yeah. um so i i don't like those guys but uh anyway <laughs>
1: yeah yeah especially like when when you're in a, uh, an advanced dungeon and it's like very obviously going to be a mimic right you know when you open it and you're like ah, all right here we go you know I, I'm I'm at that point in monsters right now it's like every chest is a mimic and it's <laughs> I, I know it's not going to be an item it's going to be an, it's going to be a fight but I'm just going to plow through it
2: anyway totally I got to open that chest I got to smash that pot like I just can't not do it because I know yeah. there's probably a mini metal in it for me too I can't leave that hanging so I you know it's just something you got to get through yeah my favorite monsters would be like uh any any kind of arch demon variant Uh, i always like those guys um but i think my absolute favorite is the dessert demon um you know i think when i first saw it i thought it was desert demon but it's it's dessert um and he's carrying around a big spoon just in case he sees like a huge (laughs) chocolate sundae out in the wild or something um yeah i don't know but when you think about it like being killed with that spoon has got to be way more painful than uh with a fork i gotta think that would be like a slow painful death so
0: yeah more respectful. oh man the, the kevin costner um robin hood movie there's a line where um where the sheriff said he's gonna cut robin Hart, robin robin hood's heart out with a spoon and the guy of gisborne's like why a spoon cousin why not an axe and he turns to him and he's like because it's dull you twit it'll hurt
3: more <laughs> so, exactly. uh, so there you go yeah that's that, but that was uh more.
1: that was wasn't that snape was it the same I, actor that, yeah i think it was alan alan, alan Rick- rickman rickman yeah okay yeah oh. mclean give me back my detonators <laughs> different movie same actor anyway oh, moving yeah, on. classic
0: <laughs> that's not one of my slime voices
2: <laughs> we're saving it for the demo tape anyway
0: and <laughs> yeah. yeah, don't give away your uh, your one thing that you can do there Awesome. I don't know okay. what that one thing is, but don't give it away. <laughs> All right. Awesome. So, you like the Archdemon ones? Yep.
2: Yeah, Archdemons are good. I like Golems. Uh, my three Golems were awesome in Dragon Quest 8 I'd always have those in the arena, use them out in the wild. And then any mech monster Hunter, Mech, Killing Machine, Trominator. Uh, Trominator is definitely the best. Like, I don't know, Trominator, <laughs> Trominate yeah they talk about
1: you're talking about dragon quest 9 yeah are
2: they are the Trominators in any other game they're in the the monsters uh series i guess uh, I
3: gotcha. um, yeah
2: oh and they're in, in super light, i suppose i had a trauminator in dragon quest monster super light if i recall correctly. Oh, nice. yeah
0: they had a lot of cool ones in super light we'll get to that definitely all right, so what kind of uh, mechanics do you like in Dragon Quest games? Do you like the monster-collecting
2: games, ones that have the different job classes? Do you spend some time at the casinos? Yeah, uh, monster-collecting is definitely the favorite of mine. So uh, I love the monster-recruiting mechanic, to Dragon Quest V. And, you know, to a lesser extent, Dragon Quest VI for the, uh, the Super Famicom original. Um, I don't know. I just like being able to completely forsake my goddess-given party and just use, like, whatever monsters I find more useful um, yeah, that was definitely my favorite mechanic. Other stuff I like. I, mean, I like job classes. I like casinos, but monster collecting is totally my favorite. Definitely,
0: I, I know that's one of my d- favorite. I know Liam's finally getting into the series, but here it is. Like last, was it two years ago? I spent like a hundred plus hours when I found out that Joker Three and uh, Terry's Wonderland had fan translations. That's all I did for a couple months was sit on my computer. I'd never game on my computer, and I'm like, oh my god, I can emulate these games and holy cow one of the first games my kids like would just stand next to me and watch me play they still talk about terry a lot awesome
1: <laughs> yeah i just got to uh, i got to a part in uh monsters where i have to fight older terry mm. in like the um room of reflection or whatever the uh the um the portal of reflection and uh and i keep thinking i'm like oh wow it's like young terry's monsters fighting older terry from six mm-hmm <laughs> So yeah, but uh, I. Um, so, do you have any uh, favorite official DQ merchandise or
2: stuff made by fans that you bought? Yeah, I've got a few things. I mean, I, I got to give a shout out to the perler beads for uh, platy uh, for Platty. Yeah, I saw <laughs> you do those perler beads per or perler beads on the on the den, and uh, as soon as I saw that, I went out and bought some, and they I was just like, we can do this with the kids. We can get those eight bit sprites and totally do that. So, um, you know, but what I really want, I I can't make the I want to make a huge one, you know, but I can't find a perler bead board that's big enough to uh, to accommodate the the huge monsters I want to do on those things. But yeah, you gotta oh.
1: c- connect like sixteen smaller ones or something.
2: Uh huh. Yeah. yeah.
3: There's a
0: there's a couple different guys through my Facebook group that every time I post, they comment and they'll share some of theirs. And one guy is trying to make his way through the entire Dragon Quest Three BC area, and it's insane because I won't touch those monster sprites because li- listen, I've got um, just the little boards there. I know, I got it memorized. They're 29 by 29, and if it's more than 29, you know, if it's 30 or 31, I can mentally like take out a line and make it fit. I think once, because my sons were dying for me to make the um, hero from Dragon Quest Monsters—not Dragon Quest Monsters, but Dragon Quest Builders 2 this summer—and the little Malroth. And for them, I took like the high-res image and ran it through some program online to pixelate it and then kind of we fixed it after i made it i was like well this looks like crap and we just fixed a couple little things though to make them those are the only ones i've ever done with like two boards put together but i look at these guys some guys made a golem with like four boards he's got 16 boards there and i'm like are you kidding me (laughs) (laughs) no way that's amazing (laughs) yeah my wife looks at them and because my wife does all the ironing for the most part of them when we make them and she's like i'm not you can't pick that up <laughs> you can't move that and i'm not gonna iron that <laughs> how are you gonna flip that over for me to iron the other side i'm like yeah nope <laughs> my patience is a 29 by 29 box and i'll do many 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 of them but <laughs>
2: not together that's awesome i got about a bunch more of those that i want to do then so yeah thanks for uh thanks for the heads up about that that's really cool no problem uh, yeah. yeah other other stuff like i got a stuffed slime um it was actually given to me by a fellow dragon quest fan obi sean um so yeah i mean my my youngest son would sleep with that little guy when he was young and that that slime has been into a lot of battles you know he's been with the full (laughs) cast of the avengers he's fought with the power rangers um he's he's not a bad slime you know so so he always fights alongside the good guys uh, (laughs) obviously um yeah uh, a few years back I, I won a contest on the Dragon's Den that was run by um, a drag generous Dragonsquen- or dra- that's weird Dragon's Den uh, fan, uh, Robotnik the Drac. Um, he had a huge collection of stuff and he had this uh, big giveaway contest. Um, and so uh, yeah, I managed to win that. I, I can't even remember what the contest was to do, but uh, the prizes I got from that were some some little figures. I got a Terry figure, Carver, Nevin. Um, Batsu? is that what you call the dragon quest six hero um yep. yeah and uh and torneco or torneco um so and then a torneco dq comic book and like 60 dragon quest card game cards so that was uh that was awesome yeah and uh, a couple shirts i've got uh, the blue shirt that they gave away with the dragon quest 9 promo event and that yellow shirt uh, the partners in slime shirt that they gave away with the joker 2 uh release nice so, yeah i don't think i've seen that one. Oh it's sweet yeah i'll take a picture i got a picture of my kids wearing it uh that i posted on the den one time so yeah it's a good one cool i think it's got like a dark slime and uh angel slime or something on it and how did you get that one uh actually yeah that's a good question i, I got that one from uh um you know before dragon quest monsters joker 2 came out uh the dragon's den was approached by uh uh golan harris a pr firm that handled the promotions for the game and so they asked if uh woodis Dwayne, and i would would run a ultimate dragon quest super fan contest um and that that was a awesome contest uh so many dragon quest fans wrote in and basically you know you'd film yourself or or whatever you wanted to do you could use any medium at all to uh to show yourself um being a super fan i think uh but Cesar uh, Hernandez, he he did like a song, I think, um, and he sang a bunch of yeah. Anyway, there was there were, by running that contest, and their their way of thanks was to give us uh free copies of the game, and uh and we got those shirts too. So yeah, that was that was pretty sweet. I think the winners of the contest got like a DSi XL, like a plaque, um, and uh, yeah, a couple other things as well. So that was yeah, that was awesome. Wow, cool. that's pretty
0: cool. Yeah. So speaking of all of these other denizens, uh, you ever meet anybody in real life?
2: Uh yeah. Totally. So I, I travel a lot for work. Um, so a- anytime I'm in a town where I know there's someone from the Dragon's Den, uh, I try to connect to them in advance, uh, arrange to make a meetup. Uh, I've had a lot of fun <laughs> meeting other Dragon Quest fans. A um, couple of highlights, like the best one was probably the trip to Denver. Um, I went uh, went down there and put out a notice on the Dragon Stand and on GameFAQs that I'd like to have a meetup let's get a bunch of people together and see if we can, uh, yeah, you know, like tag tag mode, do some multiplayer. And so, uh, I think we had like eight or nine people show up for that, including Saigon, um, and Nick Frizzy. Uh, I think he goes by N for Z 28 on game facts, but he's done a lot of crazy stuff on game facts. Um, so yeah, that was, that was really cool. Um, you know, I, I was trying to set it up and, uh, Google told me that uh, the closest thing to my work was this Ikea, um, then I was like, yeah, you know, that'll work. We can go just like, a, it's a perfect place. We'll be a bunch of nerds hanging out, eating meatballs. Um, so uh, anyway, and I, I needed it to be close to where I worked. So uh, yeah, so that was that. So I set the time. And then after work that day, um, I checked to see how long the walk was. Uh, I, you know, when I looked at first at Google, I was just looking at how far away it is. But the walk, it was like an hour walk. Um, it's it's just a stone's throw across the freeway, but to get there, I had to take this really convoluted route off in the wrong direction, uh, cross this magical bridge until you can cross the freeway, and then through some swampy parkland with some sketchy-looking people and things, and then finally I arrived at the <laughs> Ikea. So, I mean, when you think about it, it was just like Dragon Quest One, where they start you off in the game, and you're right next to Sherlock Castle. But you can't get there. you got to go around the whole world first. So, yeah. Anyway, right. so we... Yeah, we, we showed up. Um, uh, yeah, like I said, there was eight or ten people, not including uh, Saigon's girlfriend, who she she <laughs> she stayed a safe distance away from us. Definitely did not want to be associated with the Nerd Patrol. Um, the, <laughs> the look on her face when all of us were kind of descending on that food, food court, uh, I'll never forget <laughs> it. It's like when a dad embarrasses his teenage daughter in front of all of her friends. Uh, anyway... <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> yeah, so we we all brought, like, two or three DSs, and a, everyone had, like, a copy of every game that had tag mode uh, and multiplayer and stuff, and, uh, you know, it was a good time. And at the end of the night, Nick Frizzy took pity on me and said, hey, man, I'll, you know, I know it's like an hour walk. I'll drive you home. No big deal. And I was like, hey, that's great. And he's like, only thing is, I don't have any seats in my car, um, so you're going to have to ride in the trunk. <laughs> But I mean, I didn't want to take that walk, so I hopped in his trunk, and he drove me home. <laughs> oh, you survived. Thanks, yeah.
0: thanks, Nick, for not being a killer. Yeah,
2: <laughs> so, yeah, just move know, that
0: other body out of the way. I
2: just, imp- <laughs> I implicitly trust anyone who's a Dragon Quest fan. So, uh, <laughs> what could go wrong? <laughs> how How does he have a car with no seats in it? He had seats. They were just filled with a bunch of stuff, like oh, boxes. Okay i don't think he was anticipating giving any rides that night so uh yeah <laughs> definitely definitely the weirdest thing that's happened on my dragon quest adventures um another memorable trip was to santa fe uh, my work was uh, starting to recognize people for kind of showing some potential and they said hey you know we're gonna have this off-site corporate retreat in santa fe uh, we'll do some training it'll be really cool um and so uh i remembered that uh the venerable Ignacia Seven hails from uh, from Santa Fe, so I, I looked him up and said, "Hey, do you want to do you want to get together?" And he said, uh, "Sure, yeah, let's uh, let's do that." Um, so anyway, we we figured out uh, time to meet for lunch on the first day of the retreat. And when we got to Santa Fe, I was told by the people I was working with that like everyone everyone's getting together for lunch, and like we all need to be there. You can't miss this. Um, So, uh, so, so what is a new up and coming person who wants to try to climb the corporate ladder do that's right. You ditch work and you meet your fellow DQ nerd. So (laughs) (laughs) I totally did that. I, 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 I ditched, I, I had lunch with Alex, which is his real name, uh, Ignatius seven. Um, and he, he kindly, yeah, we, we had a great lunch. It was, uh, it was really nice. We talked shop, uh, didn't really get a chance to multiplayer or anything like that. Just had a little bit of time. And then he walked me back to my hotel and on our way there. We ran into all of these corporate bigwigs who I was trying to impress, and they could clearly see that I'd blown them off. And I was like, "Oh crap!" And then Alex jumped to my rescue. He jumped in and he he's like, "Hey, yeah, you know, I'm uh, I'm from here. Um, do you guys want to have a guided tour of Santa Fe?" And uh, you know, all these guys are like, "Oh, you're Mike. You met a local. That's uh, that's really cool." So um <laughs> anyways so he walked all these people from my work he walked us around town told us about the history and the local culture and everyone thought it was just amazing and uh so i think i leveled up a couple points that day just because of uh Ignatius seven so nice. yeah i'll never forget actually, that
1: day I, I, Ignatius seven's probably one of the one of my my oldest dq friendships i've had i've never met him in person but i've known him since like the early days of the nx forums um yeah, he's a great guy uh we chat uh every now and again like what's going on in life and everything um and i see him on the den all the time usually writing the longest posts you've ever seen in your life with <laughs> the most detail he loves to write um and uh nick nick uh, Frazy as well. Uh, I've, I've done some project work with him uh, with um, uh, like the DQ9 stuff, uh, mail and tag uh, over the years. So I know him from GameFAQs as well.
2: Awesome. Yeah, he's definitely a good guy. And I know he did some, uh, I remember the funniest thing about Nick was there was this guy on the on GameFAQs who was claiming to do all this crazy Dragon Quest V stuff. Like, you know, as he was going through, he was getting 999 cypress sticks and he would move on and get, you know, he was just getting like the ultimate file. And, uh, Nick just set out to like prove that this guy was just making this up. It was just total bullshit. Um, anyway, <laughs> so he was replicating his efforts and recording the time it took to do all this stuff actually. And, uh, it was insane. Um, anyways. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so you, uh, you mapped all of the DQ eight stuff using some pretty cool techniques and software. What, uh, what specifically did you do and how did you do it?
2: yeah uh, yeah I, I love to make maps. I mean, i uh, I make maps for a living, so that was uh you know I, and and like I've always found the maps to be helpful in these Dragon Quest games. So anytime there's a game, there needs to be a map for it. Even if I don't need it, I just I have to make a map. Um, and uh, so the actually the first the first map that i the the Dragon Quest eight map was cool. It was the fourth map that I made using that kind of special technique that i I created, I guess or 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 used for that. Um the first one was for Dragon Quest nine. Um, There's lots of maps already for that game. They're all that, like, tan or brown color maps that, that are kind of, like, right out of the game. Um, I, I wanted something like the beautiful tile set maps that you can find for all the 2D games. So um, when I reached the point in the game where you can fly the Starflight Express uh, over the 3D world, um, it, it kind of gave me an idea. And and uh, like I said, I, I make maps, and I've spent years uh, ma- writing software that makes, makes maps from, like, aerial images and stuff like that. So... Um, yeah, when I when I saw the problem that was kind of stopping us from having maps for these three D games like Dragon Warrior Seven and Dragon Quest Eight and Nine, um, I kind of did some experimenting and I had some help from uh, a bunch of people from the Dragon Stand and a lot of encouragement from Wudis and stuff. Um, so anyway, my process was to like emulate the game and record a video of me like just flying north, um, and then I dump that video. Um, you know, I dump all the individual frames from that video into separate image files, and then write a code, write, write some code that. Picks through each frame and just grabs like one uh, one pixel um, along the map, I guess, or or one one row along the map, and uh, and then it would just build up that same row from successive images as you go along, and then everything's kind of taken at the same perspective as you build up a build up a strip uh, of images. So you get all these strips that of of just like south to north image. Um, yeah, and it would, yeah, anyway, make these image strips. And then if you kind of mosaic these strips together, you can get a, a full glorious 3D world map. Um, anyway, so it's, uh, if anyone's a mapper out there, it's like the video game equivalent of a push broom scanner, um, whatever. Anyways, uh, sure. so I, I call, <laughs> I called it the map, the Starflight Express world map for, uh, for lack of a better term anyway. Yeah. Anyway, after I did that, uh, I used the same thing for Dragon Warrior 7. Um, it always bothered me that that, that game never had a map um you know i understood why like it was a that kind of weird 3d perspective and and you just can't take screenshots and paste them together like you could for the other game so tried the same thing didn't really work i couldn't get it pixel perfect so i just kind of left it for a while um you know i had to had to do some work to kind of make the math all all line up um but yeah anyway i i eventually picked it back up again got it all sorted out and uh and got it ready to go um but you know for dragon quest 7 it was it was kind of a pain because uh i ran into some other issues too like you can't walk in the ocean or over the mountains or anything like that so um, i'm recording the videos of walking north but you you're bumping into things um so i tried making it from that flying rock um you know that that definitely worked but it's just not uh wasn't nice compared to the full resolution ground level map so i needed a cheat code or hack that i could like walk anywhere uh walk through walls that kind of thing um and aaron b from the dragon stand was working really hard extracting a bunch of resources from that game for one of her game scripts and uh Uh, so she had a treasure trove of codes that would allow me to walk, uh, like hobo link Jesus over the water. Um, (laughs) so so that was, that was kind of a miracle in itself. Um, This is
1: a, is this the PlayStation version or the 3ds version?
2: Yeah. PlayStation version.
1: Oh, okay. Actually, I I would love to try
2: it it on the 3ds version. Uh, I haven't really caught up with 3ds emulation yet, so I, I might have to talk to you about that later. Um, Platty and we'll, uh, We'll yeah, <laughs> get some more maps going. So, awesome. Awesome. Yeah, and you know, other weird issues too, like you're, you're walking north and then all of a sudden the screen flashes red. Um, I, I guess I was walking through a poison swamp and so I needed codes that would turn that off and, and stuff like that. So anyway, had the maps for 9 and 7. Um, I tried making some dungeon maps for the DS games. Um, if you look on the Dragon Stand for Dragon Quest 5 DS dungeon maps, um, there's a few, I think five or six up there now. Um, that was really cool those games those dungeons are all 3d but i was uh, able to kind of use that method to to make like a yeah you know like a 2d map of the of the 3d dungeons mm-hmm. anyway <laughs> it's a long story make a long story e- even longer uh, i used that same method for dragon <laughs> quest 8 while uh while flying on imperia uh, i recorded a video uh in pcsx2 flying north uh, i found i could build up those image strips that way um the, the trick with Dragon Quest Eight is that they give you, like, way too much control. You know, I'm trying to trying to fly the bird, but, like, you know, you got that joystick. You can turn her, like, a fraction of a degree. And so to get her pointed due north was, like, impossible. And uh, you also had to point her down towards the ground, so everything was, like, at a kind of a downward-looking perspective. Um, anyway, I had a lot of help from uh, some Dragon's Den people. Uh, Erdrick the Hero and Skater Punk were both, uh, you know, avid, uh, I don't know, hackers, I guess guess. And, uh, they helped me with, uh, with cheat engine. I was able to kind of use that to watch, um, the memory addresses when you would turn Imperia and her flight direction would change some address in RAM. Um, so I'd watch that. And then through that, I was able to kind of control, control the bird. So I could, I could, I, I made a script and I could force her to fly North and point down when I, uh, when I pushed a button. So, so yeah, anyway, all that said, I was able to kind of make those strips, make the map. And it was, uh, it was a lot of work Work. It took like I think it took me four months to make the Dragon Quest Eight map, and that's from working like a couple hours a day, um, wow. every day. Like <laughs> it was, it was insane. But uh, it was, and oh yeah, it's a huge amount of data. Like one one strip north to south was like 200 gigabytes of uh, of raw image frames. Like I couldn't have the compressed images or the pixels wouldn't match up. So it had to be raw image frames. And anyway, it was a total pain in the ass, but it was really cool when it was done. So
0: <laughs> hmm. uh, All you uh, Dragon Quest Eight fans out there and, you know, Nine and Seven as well, if you've been using a map, thank King Zenith for that. It was world maps. All right. Well, enough about the older games, enough about the mainline games. Uh, The main event tonight is we're going to talk about some of the more obscure titles that uh, if you're a new fan, you definitely haven't played. And even if you are a longtime fan, uh, you might not have gotten one or the other here. These were uh, very small window games that, uh, you know, don't work on higher systems. They've not been re-released. ...on anything newer, and uh, I'm going to guess with Swords that we probably won't see that, although you'd think the Switch would be a perfect way to do it. But uh, we'll start out talking about Dragon Quest Monsters Super Light. Uh, this is a mobile game. It's actually just doing starting its sixth year in Japan right now. Um, somebody mentioned that recently, and I was like, oh yeah... I do remember because I started playing this game in Japanese when it came out. Um, I think I played about January to March in 2014. And I had just started teaching at the school I'm at now. And I actually had a student that just started in January. I was just getting to know her. And she was from Japan. She spoke enough English to get by, at least in math class. But she was from Japan. I was like, hey, can you translate what this does every now and then? Uh Probably like once a week I was asking her, like, what what is this event? What is it saying? What is it doing? The whole time I'm like, oh, please, God, be safe enough for a 10-year-old to read. (laughs) But it was pretty fun. I mean, after a couple months, I mean, of just playing 10, 20, 30 minutes a day, I I really couldn't figure out how to do anything. I never learned how to combine the monsters or what the eggs did or much, um, not being able to read anything. But I, I had fun playing it and, you know, looked forward to when you know it came out later uh king zenith you played the japanese version too right
2: yeah i played it for a little bit when it came out i mean uh just just enough to kind of poke around mess around but you know i i just can't enjoy a game if i can't tell what's going on or read the text and you know i I could figure some things out by trial and error but it just yeah so I, i i kind of felt it out a little bit and uh and i just kind of left it alone after that
0: Yeah, so I think it was about a year and a half later, because the Japanese version had been out for a while, because I always remember when we were playing the Southeast Asian version that came out about a year and a half later, um, they were well ahead. They were getting all this extra stuff in Japan, and the Southeast Asian version from what people were saying online was like, oh, you're still on like version one, and here we are on like version three, we've got all this extra stuff. Uh, but it was a you had to kind of sideload it. Um I can't remember if it was able to be done on Apple devices. Liam, did you play on an Apple device? No, no,
1: I was uh I was specifically Android.
0: Yeah, because I that was very easy to there was always a page that could be updated with the uh, APK file. Yeah. And then sideload it on um an Android device and had to do that every couple weeks every time a update came out it wouldn't update automatically without that I remember um, for the most part but yeah I mean all of a sudden we could play it in English that was a uh, pretty cool I I've started a contest on the den where it's one of the first ones I think where we did like different tiers like if you could get this many monsters if you could reach this point if you could reach this you could get a bronze or a silver or a gold badge. Um and we were kind of feeling our way through it like what what would what would a gold badge mean? Because heck, we were just starting it. I remember that morning when it dropped. Um it was a lot of fun. It was like a lot of mobile games. You know, you had a stamina meter so that you couldn't just sit and play forever unless you wanted to drop some money on recharging your stamina. Uh, you it was a Dragon Quest Monsters game. You were collecting monsters. You were improving them. I remember it had a, some of the mechanics reminded me a little bit of Puzzles and Dragons, where you could charge up one of your monsters by devouring, or I can't remember, the one monster would be sacrificed and its power would go to the next one, help you build up experience for it. But yeah, you would you just run little... Um, and I keep thinking back to puzzles and dragons because you would just run a little corridor, not a corridor, because there was a map that you could go up, down, left, right. And Liam, I know you had one of the cool things about the map you're going to talk about. But you'd fight, what, eight, ten monster battles, get to a big battle at the end of the map. And if you won, you'd get a little prize and you were able to move on to the next map. Um, But man, I remember I, I gave it about two to three months and I think I stopped. It was like map 13 dash one or something like that, that initially it never updated past and i think later it did or but that was my stopping point i was like okay this hasn't updated in like three four five six weeks i've seen what it has to offer i'm done
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i do remember that i don't think it did get much past uh that 13-1 uh if i remember correctly if it if it did it was like very late in the release and i was kind of done at that point as well mm -hmm. um yeah i did play the my my best my uh, strongest memories about the game are from the events, um, and just like finding these unique monsters. They had like a Halloween town one. they had uh, the one where you have to like search through these tunnels to find Don mole. Mm-hmm. Um, so just maps that that were special maps that had like a unique boss that you could only find and recruit hopefully recruit um, uh, during a limited amount of time. and it wasn't it wasn't like a guaranteed recruit. To fight him, you, you had to fight them like multiple times, mm-hmm. um, and it, this is one of those gotcha games. So you had you had um, movement points, I think, and you could only move a certain amount of time before um, you had to either wait or buy more time. I, I, I may be mismemor- misremembering misremembering um, the movement or how mu- like what how much it costs to move, uh, but yeah, I do seem to kind of recall something like that where you could only uh, or maybe it costs a certain number of movement points to start a map
2: yeah is that the stamina that uh platy was yeah, talking yeah. about
1: okay mm-hmm. yeah
0: yeah yeah
1: and, and yeah the harder maps
0: would cost more stamina so like yeah. if you wanted to do world 12 you might have to spend 10 of your stamina points where if you were in world two it was like two points or something like that
1: yeah and the special maps might have been more too as well yeah. so to, try to get you to spend more on it to try and get mm-hmm. yeah it's the thing about gotcha games
3: Yep.
2: Yeah, and I think uh, uh, if you leveled up too, that would increase your stamina back to max or something like that. So that was always, uh, yeah. Otherwise, you're waiting or, like Platy said, you gotta pay money. I don't know if a lot of people did that, but uh, yeah, leveling up would uh, would restore your stamina too. Yeah. Well, we were talking about this, the map feature. One one cool feature that I thought
1: was worth mentioning is that as you're traveling through the map, um, you know, you're you're swiping on your smartphone to like move left to right, mm-hmm. up down you could swipe halfway to see what monster might be coming in the next location. Um so some some of the monster locations were randomized when you'd start a stage, but you could still kind of scroll halfway to the next screen and see, you know, is it a boss? Is it a um is it a monster I think I can beat? Is it something I've never seen before? And I'm not sure like, you know, so if if it was something you felt confident enough to fight, then you choose whether or not to do so. Um this was particularly helpful to avoid stumbling onto boss fights or significantly harder monsters, where you might not be prepared to engage.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: that's right. I remember they had like those, uh, like uh, it, it wasn't a boss, but it was kind of like a special fight in some stages or whatever. And they were always kind of like ridiculously hard. It was, it was optional, <laughs> so you could go past it. But yeah, some some weird monster that for some reason is just super strong. And uh, yeah, so it was nice to be able to kind of swipe halfway and go, "Whoops, not doing that one."
1: <laughs>
2: that's well, you're right. Swiping left locked. or
0: swiping right for those. <laughs>
1: Yeah, right. Nice. If you if you lost the fight, you lose that stamina that you just spent on the map. So you but have yeah, to, you were
0: like, kicked out of the map. So yeah, you're
1: kicked out of the map, and you lose. You just lost that stamina. So you have to either wait wait like an hour to gain like one stamina or <laughs> something like that. So just like wait a day, basically. And when it when it's like special maps, you don't have that time. So they they they're trying to goad you into spending more money to get that stamina back to fight these like ridiculously hard special map bosses. <laughs>
2: Hmm. Hmm. yeah it's funny you called it a, a gotcha game right like that's a that's a term like is it a japanese term um
1: it might, i might be pronouncing it wrong but i always kind of feel it sounds like you know it, it's like you know gotcha money
2: exactly that's exactly what <laughs> right. i pronounce it the same way as you do and yeah. i always think about it that way i'm like yeah you got me all right
0: right like yeah so yeah it's a term that uh it's like the uh the vending machines where you put in a coin you get something but you don't know what's coming out you got to pop open the the ball that it comes out and it's that randomness
1: yeah like a gamble
0: it's so yeah like pulling the tombola you don't know what you're gonna get
1: yeah the tombolas are huge in japan that's like that's a legit thing they'll do at stores
0: Mm mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, So this is the red. digital equivalent of that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's like a very popular thing where where, you know, they, they do a lot of things with point cards. You go to a grocery store that you go to often and they have a point card system where uh, you get some It builds up to something, some kind of discount. Um, and in one local grocery store where we, uh, where we lived back in, um, 2017, um, they had this one that was like the, the tombola. Um, so you, we, we got up to a certain number of, uh, stamps on the card and then we got a ticket for the tombola. and, like i'm rolling the tumbler and then i take out a ball and then they tell you what prize in the grocery store you get and it's like usually something random but like uh here i am with my pregnant wife and 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 i i picked these like pears and they did i i just i won these pears and now i have to carry these like two heavy crates of japanese (laughs) pears all the way down the street to the apartment (laughs) and i was just like all right I wasn't expecting it, but that's that's like the type of thing that you'll you'll just they'll do these types of like tombola giveaways, and then you um, you get something random from the store. the the uh, um, The other thing I could think of is that they had the kitchen and bath. Um, I think this is at Lawson or Seven Eleven or something, um, where you buy you buy tombola tickets, and then they do the tombola, and then you get a certain Item within the kitchen and bath line, you know, like they had the the slime uh, pancake pan and like the uh, slime bath towels and things like that. <laughs> uh, all of that was Tombla based. So you buy these tickets, and then you, what what you get out of it is going to be completely random. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they love they love the Tombola there over there, and that started in Tombola started right in, was that in uh, Dragon was Warrior two two Yeah, I remember had those tickets. Yeah, yeah, that was that was a tough one too. You had to kind of match it up, it was more like a um, slot machine
0: type thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, uh, oh, you were gonna uh, mention the scrapyard? That was one of the special boards, right, Liam? On uh what is it on super light here?
1: Yeah, I, I, I do. I do vaguely remember this, where you get like a you get a lot of
0: metal monsters on it.
2: Mm-hmm. And it didn't pop up all the
0: time, but maybe like one day every other
2: week or something like that. Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah, I think it was like once a week, like on yeah. yeah. I, honestly yeah, I think it was like once a week or something the scrapyard would open up and and, uh, yeah, then you just you know save up all your stamina and run it as many times as you can. try to restore your stamina. you know if you're if you're collecting metal monsters, then you might level up uh, a little bit, and so you'll restore your stamina a little bit. You try to see how many times you can run it. Um I remember you know after a while, so there's three levels of the scrapyard, right? There's like the easy, mm-hmm. medium, and hard, and uh. Yeah, if you start running the hard scrapyard, you can get, like, uh, a couple Metal King slimes and, like, six Metal slimes all in one run. Um, yeah, it was a definitely a good way. Oh, you'd get the—yeah, that was it. Once a week, you'd get the key to the scrapyard. It was a scrapyard key.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I do remember that. I remember always trying to get my experience— near to a level up when that would happen like because it was always yeah it happened on like a certain day or something like that say it was wednesday and i'd always make sure like tuesday or whatever like hey i need to make sure i have my experience near the next level not quite there because i don't want to level up the first time i run it but i do want to level up during this so reset my stamina i can do it again nice yeah i remember that i remember that logic too uh
1: which again the higher level you got the harder it was to do
0: oh yeah something like that higher scrapyard one was something like 45 stamina maybe the early one was only five and then 20 and then but it, it grew That's astronomically right. it had, it
1: had an easy medium and hard and then like mm-hmm. a super hard and the difficulty spikes between each were pretty pretty hefty well yeah it was like metal
0: slime to um like so like
1: liquid metal platinum, slime to platinum, like king metal gold. slime it,
0: yeah, yeah, you were you were definitely taking on a uh, higher class of monster there. Yeah,
2: yeah, and I seem to remember too uh, composing like you know you'd have multiple teams, and I had like a scrapyard team. Like if I'm raiding the scrapyard, these are the guys I bring because they can right. kill metal guys. Uh, yeah you know.
1: mm-hmm. did I, did uh, did anyone spend real money in the game?
2: Now this is one you, I think
0: you guys both did, but I tried, I tried, I tried, I tried. Nothing I did would get them to take my money. <laughs> <laughs> mine I, I did spend
1: around sixty dollars before my credit card just stopped working with the game's like point card system. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it just it would just I was getting some sort of error message and there was obviously no support on it. yeah um, so you know that's about sixty dollars is about how much I would have paid to buy a copy of a Dragon Quest game in stores. so um, so I just kind of felt justified with that, but yeah, I, I spent about that much before it stopped taking my money.
0: What did you buy with
1: that? Uh, I think just more stamina or more tombola pulls.
2: Okay. Yeah, I uh, I spent money on the game too. It uh, it sucked me in and I, I had to do it. Actually, my son. I think my son pushed me into it. If uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> so I'll, I'll blame him. But uh, it, it felt like a huge waste of money. Um, I think we paid enough to get like four pulls each of the tombola, and uh, <laughs> we both got just crap. You know, yeah. like yeah, I had random yeah. pulls that got better than that and i was just i felt so empty inside after that and uh <laughs> right, right. i don't know i was like yeah ah man what have i done yeah uh, <laughs> anyways there was definitely buyer's remorse after that one but but oh. then
1: you'd see these people like because you, you there's multiplayer and there's leaderboards where you could see like the top players and everything and you'd see these people with just these like um, incredible luck with monsters and like they're just these like top s rank uh monsters that you'd never seen anywhere anywhere else and it's like oh my god how much money did you guys spend to get some of these and when i was living in japan yet like you really have to wonder how much these players were paying over the course of the release because uh people were selling their dragon quest monster super light accounts uh on mercari uh <laughs> the 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 auction site um basically like transfer of their full account with their top like s-rank monsters for the equivalent of something like ten thousand us dollars um
3: wow uh,
1: yeah and and i often wondered if the sellers were trying to like profit or actually recoup their losses Mm, because it it was it was ridiculous that like the fact that they're selling like they're that they're selling that high but just even the fact that like they're selling them in general was kind of nuts yeah
2: I'd never heard about accounts being sold. That's that's crazy.
1: Yeah, wow. and then so so we talked a little bit about the uh, tombolas and like the RNG in this game. This is what killed it for me uh, is that the RNG was pretty unforgivable in this. You know, the game was very very overtly stacked to try to get you to spend money. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the tombola that the basically the, the you roll the tombola using a certain i don't know if it, it wasn't stamina it was probably some other in game currency or something
0: it was uh, it was like oh you know coins
2: or something yeah yeah it was gems yeah gems yeah.
1: gems that's right uh i just having flashbacks now uh <laughs> <laughs> stress flashbacks from the from the rng um so yeah so you have you get you had the tombola i think the super tombola which had better monsters but probably just as bad results and then the like special tombola, which I think you had to actually spend money to use um the rng was awful for for either of them so your likelihood of getting something good out of the tambla a good monster pull it was 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 pretty awful which is why um i used to just be so surprised at all the people on there who had these like incredible monster pulls because uh even even like the rare ones like the don moles or the uh um, you see people early on who had dragon lord you know in their party Mm-hmm. Uh, and you you don't you know it, stuff that you could only get from the super Tombola. you have to understand you have to like wonder how much they spent to to keep pulling until they got something that good um so i think that might have been where you got these you know these guys spending several grand <laughs> to get, <laughs> to get some of these top
2: uh top monsters yeah i genuinely felt bad for for people you know that because I, I was the same way I looked at these other teams. I'm like, wow, you must have you must have spent a lot of money, you know, to get that. I, like, nobody's that lucky. I, I don't right. think So, I mean, it's yeah, just, yeah, it, yeah. It, was, it was really sad, actually. And yeah, and, uh, and I can, had that. Yeah. Sorry. Go can, ahead.
1: You can find them all on Mercari now if you want to see who. who
2: did <laughs> <that>. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. So that that was, that was my whole feeling for kind of the game actually is like after playing it for, I don't know how long it was out, but like maybe six months of playing it, I started to feel like this isn't a healthy part of my life. Like, uh, I, I'd, I'd be thinking about when my stamina is going to be restored. I got to take a break at work at that time because my stamina is max and then I can, you know, run it out and then, uh, It'll be restored again by the time I'm done work at the end of the day. And I'm like, wow, this is definitely a, uh, not right, a well, good part of my life. Yeah. Keep, the, keep
0: that in mind in about three weeks when Dragon Quest of the Stars come out. Oh, yeah.
1: How much of that is going to how much of that style of game is going to be in the new Quest of the Stars?
0: <laughs> it's got to be there somewhere. They got to make their money off it. Somehow. Yeah,
1: it'll probably be like weapon based like pay extra money for a weapon maybe there'll be tombolas. i'm not sure i'll probably yeah. have i'll probably have some stress flashbacks from this game
3: <laughs>
0: definitely
1: so uh what, uh sorry go ahead play
0: oh i was gonna say go ahead with your uh, what, what
1: does what does everyone remember from the events we talked a little bit uh about about some of the events that
0: they had and see i remember and i think i'm remembering the japanese version when i first started they had um was it the, is it the there's a week in japan is it white week or something like that liam uh, it's, it, it's their equivalent of valentine's day they have a maybe not but i, I do remember a valentine's day kind of one
1: where yeah. they had
0: chocolate slimes
1: okay i do remember that
0: that literally i mean think about a chocolate colored slime it's just the poop emoji it really just is <laughs> but i do i do remember because it for us it came out in like august september october and i think there was the halloween one i think they had jack-o'-lantern slimes um Winter themed stuff like snowmen, candy cane slimes, stuff like that. Um, I, I just remember there were a lot of different slimes or different monsters themed to like the season or the holiday would be more prevalent. They'd have special maps that you could run or maybe they just appeared on the regular maps more often but yeah they had different monsters that rotated in and out yeah the yeah. worst if you just didn't have enough stamina or whatever coins to get
1: that one rare monster and it was like a holiday themed one and you can't get it again for potentially another year
0: mm. which we never got another year
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, that's right. I remember some of those uh, events. I remember the Christmas one, I think, too. Uh they had they all had like Santa hats on and stuff and I think the Christmas events there was like crazy amounts of experience given out by some of the uh some of the boss monsters or something like that. But uh yeah, yeah, it definitely sucks if you miss some of them. Um I remember they started cycling uh evolutionary road into the mix uh about once a week or so. So once people started getting strong enough monsters through evolution then you needed like uh those fancy eggs to uh mm-hmm. to evolve to like the higher levels and stuff uh try to remember the names there's like egg and glorious okay. egg Celsius and the Beaster egg or, or something o- like that
1: evolution was just the breeding process right but you had to breed with an egg
2: yeah i think it was kind of like a recipe almost like you you combine like a few eggs and a monster and you get like an evolved monster yeah i
0: think there was multiple or something i remember the pictures and like the plus sign and the and the and stars, was, right? Yeah. You had to get the monsters to a certain level, if I'm not mistaken. Kind of like any of the Dragon Quest Monsters game. Maybe if they were like level 10 or level 20, it was a cert. Like they'd get a star by their name or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And then that one plus a certain egg. And, you know, if it was... A d rank monster, you know you probably just a general like you said the Excelsior and the D rank monster might get you a C rank one, whereas if you were at the s, you might need that glorious Excelsior one to get there, which by the way, the pun game was pretty on point with a lot of these monsters. I mean, they actually put some effort into translating into
2: English with that Southeast Asian one, yeah, I wonder who did the translation for that do you does anybody know? No idea. I bet Dwayne knows anyway, we'll ask him sometime. <laughs>
1: Um I, re- I remember I mentioned the Don Mole event. Um they had some Halloween ones where it was like the maps were kind of haunted forests and a, a kind of like a, a haunted houses uh scattered throughout. Um with Halloween themed monsters and the Christmas event you mentioned with snow related monsters. Um yeah, the special bosses were definitely hard to recruit and you had to play through so many times for that recruitment chance. But
2: uh yeah, yeah. that's right. That was uh it was pretty unforgiving for sure. Yeah, and I remember there was that. Uh, yeah, I guess we were talking about that la- that last level that they opened up, right? There was uh, that one time I think they opened it up the the very last level for, uh, or at least the last level we got for just a short time. Maybe it was a couple days or just a single day, and then there was that glitch um, and, uh, that people discovered, and it was allowing you to you could just keep running the level over and over again, and you get a crazy amount of gems. Uh, you just keep repeating the process, and uh, yeah. So the game game developers finally realized, oh crap, we've got a hole, we got a patch here, and they shut it down. They removed the level, and then they put out a notice uh, that said, hey, anybody who abused this glitch and uh, uh, you know profited off of it you're going to lose all your gems and also you're going to lose anything you got out of the tombola that you spent those dirty gems on <laughs> i guess
1: it's like the monster
0: casino was it did yeah. they just roll back those accounts like 24 hours or something like that that just sounds familiar
2: yeah i think they did and i think there was a couple people who got like genuinely screwed that way because you know they they didn't realize that they were activating the glitch they only did it once and then they didn't spend those gems on something or, or i, I, I mm-hmm. can't recall how it happened but um, yeah and those people lost whatever they got in their tombola poll, even though they weren't (laughs) trying to be uh, anyway. Yeah. yeah. But I guess they, uh, yeah, they, they also, they put out a notice the next day or something and said, Hey, if you, if you were one of the honest people who played this level, didn't abuse that glitch, um, here's 10,000 gems for you, which I think was a, it was a huge amount of gems it was enough yeah. for like four super tumble poles um so yeah I, I i didn't hear about the glitch I, I might have tried to exploit it if i'd heard about it in time but i, I didn't <laughs> so, so i got yeah. lucky and uh, yeah that's how i got my sorrow i guess who stayed with oh, me for nice. the rest of the game yeah
1: I, I totally forgot about that until you mentioned it i you know I, I i was late to pick up on the glitch so um you know i neither benefited nor I, I wasn't penalized anyway i i did get the 10k gems for being completely ignorant of the glitch but i i, I think the first i actually heard of it was when they were saying like here's 10,000 gems i was like what the hell is this
0: for <laughs> what's going on yeah. i you know what and i might have been done by that time i remember hearing about it. i remember people posting about it on the den but i think i might have pieced out with the game by that time so darn should have stuck around although I, I would have abused it i, I mean who, who am i kidding you know yeah that's just, <laughs> I, I if i see that exploit or somebody mentions it i'm gonna do it what's the <laughs> <Yeah>. harm <laughs> so uh before we wrap up super late, anything else that you guys want to say about this anything else uh maybe lessons to be learned for dragon quest of the stars coming up in a few weeks um just be careful what you spend on it <laughs>
1: you know um these games have a way of just pulling money out of you uh because you want to keep playing and there's this uh, competitive you know it, i i haven't played Quest of the stars the japanese version so i don't know if there's any kind of player versus player stuff there was in super light and i had mm-hmm. I had a lot of fun with it, but it was also very frustrating because uh, a lot of the people I would play would just wipe the floor with me. I think I only won maybe like one battle out of like twenty that I played PvP. I played uh, I played Pendy actually, and he would routinely wipe the floor with me. <laughs> <laughs> His monsters are like way way better than than my bet my A team, but uh, but yeah, there was this one time that I, I think I must have played like a noob, and I actually won, and I was like, oh my god. I must now quit I've won one <laughs> but uh, yeah the, the, it, getting back to like like the spending of money if there is anything like that uh, just be careful you don't want to be one of those people who's like spending all the money you could be used like saving for stuff like life uh, <laughs> um, it's great to support the game I would just say if you're going to do that uh, put a limit on what you want to spend so you're not you know having to sell your account later <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah I think that's wise advice. I mean i I had a lot of fun with this game uh, I had some good memories um but uh I was definitely glad when it ended um just because I could you know I just didn't have to play it anymore and, and it, it's it's a really weird game that just kind of grabs you i guess uh so i I was glad when it was done but it's also sad because you know if we want to go back and play it again i guess we could jump try to jump into the japanese version but you know we can't really just can't play it anymore and it's always frustrating when there's kind of a a dragon quest thing in history that just gets lost to the ethereal mists of time because uh you know it was online only or something like this that goes away um Mm -hmm. yeah anyway yeah and i remember
0: this one of the fond memories i have of this is this is the first game that my oldest son played because he would have been around two when it came out he would just turn two and so he would like sit on my lap on the couch and for the most part i think you couldn't select commands in battle could you you could give tactics but not specific commands
2: or you could give commands yeah you one of the tactics was uh you know do do what you're told or whatever that's called (laughs) all right
1: wasn't wasn't the battle like you're tapping
0: yeah and that's the thing Yeah. Oh, that's right. You could tap the monster you wanted to attack if you were not going to use your spells and spells you always wanted to save for the bosses at the end. So, yeah, if I was in an area I knew that we could get through, I'd have my two year old. I'm just like, just click on the guy you want him to attack. Just click. So at age two, he could sit there and play and, you know, he wouldn't have to hold a controller. He didn't have to, you know, select. A monster from a lineup he was just tapping along so yeah for a couple months he would have fun just doing that that that's where he learned about slimes and stuff so it, that, that's one of the good memories i got from that game and yeah. unlike you two i didn't spend a penny on it <laughs> but, uh,
2: <laughs> i remember clearly the wisest of us <laughs> Yeah, I think
1: my last memory of that game was just uh frustration over the rng no, I quit mm-hmm. early. I quit before it ended. Yeah, um, me too. And then I think I ended up picking up uh, the Futurama Worlds to Tomorrow game, and that was my next gacha, like, tapping game, uh, which followed a lot of the same kind of concepts. Um, and, and then I played that through, like, just after my son was born, because I remember getting into... Fights with my wife over like me playing that game <laughs> uh, when I should be helping with like uh, household stuff. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, then that game went through some upgrades and they upgraded the battle system and made it way more complicated and un- unnecessarily so. So I ended up quitting that one too.
0: All right, well that's enough about Super Light. Uh, gave a super quick overview of that. Um, the next game, a little less obscure. Um, but definitely another one off in the, uh, Dragon Quest community and one that you can't really easily get around to playing now days, but, uh, Dragon Quest Swords, this came out for the Nintendo Wii. And if you want to hear about a recent playthrough of it and get more in depth with the story and everything, uh, our friends over at DQFM podcast, they just played this game. I want to say October, November And they played the entire game on one visit together in the fall. Uh, The guys live a couple states apart, but see each other a few times a year. And when they got together, they played the game over an entire weekend. They didn't quite beat it at that time. But uh, hearing about them and talking about dad bods and getting in shape to play it, I I know both of them talked about how their shoulder hurt. And they were just like, no, I don't want to play anymore. But we've only got two more hours. we got to keep going. So, uh, yeah, DQFM has a pretty funny... uh, episode about playing this but um starting with my memories of the game i actually bought a wii specifically for this game i mean i remember i had friends that like went and waited at best buy or uh, old circuit city and spent the night there in the cold to buy their wii uh, whatever it's florida it wasn't cold but they spent the night to uh buy the wii and i'm like yeah it's a wii whatever i've got my ds I, I there's no dragon quest game and then pretty quickly thereafter we found out there was going to be a Dragon Quest game. I know it didn't come out at launch or even quickly thereafter, but within like a month of the Wii coming out, I was determined I need to get a Wii. I need to get a Wii. I need to get a Wii. God knows when this Dragon Quest is coming out. So I got my Wii on eBay with an extra controller for almost like the exact cost. I didn't pay a penny over. It was something that I just happened to be on. It was listed for five minutes and I was like, boom, buy it now. Someone had bought the Wii and was like, screw this. I don't want to swing this around for the Wii Sports. So I think I had it and like Wii Sports and nothing else for six, eight, ten months. <laughs> um, but yeah, the Dragon Quest has really driven my console purchases, and this one specifically. This was one of the ones I went out and got the console way before there was even a hint of that it was coming out over here. See, I, I think I actually bought the Wii for Wii Sports. Ah, yeah,
1: <laughs> the ten. I mean, it's kind of been worth it the tennis and the bowling and eventually bowling golf is fun. yeah mm-hmm.
2: that actually got the... me into sports <laughs> oh is that right <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome yeah i uh, i got my uh, i got my Wii way later in the cycle so this uh, this game had been out for a long time and i don't think you could really it was hard to find in stores when i got it so um, yeah i was i was definitely late to the party um, totally missed the boat on this one and i but when i've learned about it like i said my lifelong dream was to play a game where I could slash slimes for real. So, um, so I, I had to have it. And I put out kind of a, some feelers on the Dragon's Den and said, hey, you know, if, if anyone finds me a copy of this game, please, 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 I really need to play it. And uh, so, uh, yeah, uh, Dragon's Den member Obishan uh, found a copy and he shipped it to me along with a plush slime. Um, so Obishan, wherever you are, May the goddess shine her light upon you. Um, that's, uh, yeah, that was awesome.
0: <laughs> and so the play control for this. I,
1: yeah. I, yeah. Was,
0: I, I know some people didn't like the battle mechanics All after a while. I never had a problem. I mean, I, I didn't get through all the bonus bosses. I think there were like four or five at the end, and I did a few. But then I didn't do their super versions. I was okay with the slashing and the shield button and the how to heal granted i'm sure i had a learning curve all over there but that never strikes me as something that really was annoying to me Mm then again i think this is a game i went through i beat it i put in like 30 hours and i was dumb it's not a game i really went back to but man walking around in the town was what i remember what it was good at was what it was supposed to be a game on rails where you're hacking and slashing Uh that was fine when you had to like walk around like and go into the church and cuz it was it was like Dragon Quest 8 at least in the town you right. just walked around and you did whatever yeah with man movement. that sucked
1: yeah so the the movement i i had a real problem with the play control on this one um just because they they crammed it all into one Wii remote um so not just not only like the slashing and the shield motion but also moving around you're using your thumb on the on the uh, control pad. Um, mm-hmm. I thought it was a real wasted opportunity when they could have um, used the uh, the nunchuck, mm-hmm. which had a control stick on it. and you know like it, if you think of the way Metroid Prime uh, for the Wii, the remake uh, or the, the uh, port that, that they did to, uh, to the Wii worked, you know you use the Wii Remote to kind of aim around the camera and to, to fire um, and you use the uh, the nunchuck to move around so it just didn't make a lot of sense to me like you could even press a button on the nunchuck to use the shield if you wanted to but that's not the way they did it they all they crammed it all into one controller so now you're awkwardly trying to move your thumb and then slash your sword when you need it and then Trigger the uh, um, the shield all with one hand, um, and uh, yeah, the the like you said, part the movement was was really awkward on that thumb pad. It felt like you were kind of I mean, you you were playing a modern game at the time, but it felt like you were playing like an old Wolfenstein. It was just like very,
3: <laughs> you know, like
1: the uh, the just like back and forth like straight line movement, but it's like a three D, um, you know, it's a three D landscape. So it just felt very very strange.
2: It's funny, you know, I I actually i really liked the uh the the one-handed control kind of thing like uh i would play and i would have a beer in my other hand and i never had to uh i I could drink the whole time while playing and i just assumed that was why the play controls were difficult and stuff and why i was missing half of the projectiles being thrown at me because i was three or four beers in at that time but uh yeah so that was that was kind of a convenience I, i thought but yeah like yeah Anyway, playing playing a three D game on rails is like going on a ride at Universal Studios, where you you see all the amazing things and you want to get over there, but you can't. You're stuck on the rail. Um, you know, you can't get off the ride. Can't go touch the shark or, or whatever. Um, yeah, that's right. You
1: know. it, it was it was like you were on a rail, like you were just going through a ride. You're going yeah. down a straight line path. If you want to go backwards, you could like walk backwards, or I think turn around.
0: Oh, I think it was just uh, walk backwards. You couldn't. No, turn. it was always that.
3: <laughs>
2: Yeah, it was awesome.
3: That's it, it even easier.
2: Yeah, exactly. It, ma- it made it easier for my kids to play the game, and uh, and they really, really wanted to. I, I don't know, Platy, if or even Liam, if your kids have uh, have like, I mean, you, they see you slashing with your with your sword, like, yeah, you want to play that. Uh, my kids wanted to play it as soon as they saw it. So, um, and they could mostly, <laughs> uh, at least they could move around and stuff. But uh, anyway. I haven't
1: introduced him to swords yet, but uh, oh, yeah, he's almost three. Um, and I do feel bad because I like, killed my friends will come over and we'll be playing like River City girls and that is just incredibly <laughs> violent incredible cartoon <laughs> violence <laughs> of, like teenagers just beating the hell out of each other and and here we are playing it in front of my two-year-old who's watching intently <laughs> I just kind of feel <laughs> bad about that but uh yeah I I, I do want to replay this game because I, I I never actually finished this one <gasps> um, so yeah I do I do want to uh go back to it at some point and like platy said my wii is not hooked up but i do have it here so uh sometime soon
3: yeah, yeah i you gave
0: my should. wii to my sister gosh two years ago without even putting this in and showing the kids so i gotta ask her they just gotta switch so maybe they are done with the wii i know that was their only console they're not very big gamers so when she asked me for it i was like well i've got the ps4 and the this and the this and whatever just take the Wii, that's
2: okay. Yeah, that makes sense. And, you know, uh, yeah, whatever you can do to get that game again, because uh, it's fun, and the kids will love it, I think. I know, mm-hmm. like, for my for my kids, like, the biggest challenge was anything where you have to, like, mark a spot on the screen to focus your slash, and then mm-hmm. slash there. Like, they had a brutal time with that. So if, uh, if those Bodkin archers or whatever are Uh-oh, shooting you... Yeah. You know, yeah. they're, they're getting hit, or they have right. to pull out the shield and try to block two things at once. And you
1: know. Yeah, or the archers would come out and shoot you both at the same time from different angles of the screen, and you have to, like, pick which one you want to hit you and which one to block.
2: Yeah, or you try to get a slash that gets them both, but the kids would never get that. That was, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah how, sure. well, how would
1: you slash and use the shield at the same time when it's all one controller?
2: Yeah, no, you, you pick a focus that's halfway between the uh, two and slash in the direction, I, so you get both at the same saying. time. Yeah, yeah, it was tricky. Huh. It was tricky. Yeah. yeah, and it just gets worse as you go on. I think some of the mirror bosses, you know, you had these crazy fast uh, moves that you had to, like, practice and coordinate to pull it off. So um, I guess you said you didn't finish it. Platy, did you do the, the mirror bosses and stuff like that? I beat the final game. And how many mirror
0: bosses were there? Were there four? Do I remember that, like, room correctly? Yeah, I think
2: there was four, and then there was, like, upgraded versions of... Uh, of them and stuff uh, okay then i think i beat
0: the four it was the upgraded versions i was like f this i'm
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> like I-, I spent enough time doing the qu- like you said you gotta learn the moves It basically like choreography I-, I i choreographed how to beat those four but when it came to the upgraded versions i was like no i'm good
2: <laughs> yeah it's pretty ridiculous i uh i definitely I spent a lot of time on it. Like I said, I was totally obsessed with this game, so I, I did all those mirror bosses, and I had to unlock payback mode. I heard about payback mode, and I was like, "What? What is this?" So I guess if you beat uh, you know the the big bad at the very end, uh, you can do. There's a new game plus feature um, where you can start the game with like the ultimate sword, the the deathbringer sword that the bad guy uses, I guess, mm-hmm. and uh, and it's just crazy powerful. So you're just plowing through people um oh but your your shield is reduced to a teaspoon uh you get that <laughs> more, more a teaspoon so best <laughs> sword no defense <laughs> yeah that
1: was pretty fun that's cool at least they give you like a new type of challenge could you get a new could you upgrade your shield or it's like permanently like that
2: no, yeah, you could upgrade it, and you could upgrade it pretty quick. It's just like the first level; you only have the teaspoon, and then after you've got some gold, you can finally buy like a I don't know, pot lid or something. Yeah, the pot lid,
1: <laughs> <laughs> cypress stick of the uh, shield world. Um, right. So, uh, so what does what does everyone think about Florette? You know, one of, one of my distinctive memories of this game is the French accent from Florette shouting "We oui, blade, we" oui. <laughs> <laughs> to almost the an annoying, annoying degree as you're as you're fighting. You're just fighting over and over again every every battle. We oui, ba- oui, blade, we blade,
0: we. There was only a very limited number of people that you could bring with you. Right, there was maybe three or four that could join you. Um, that could do special stuff, cast a spell for you, or whatever. Yeah. while you were going through. And she was the healer. She um, she was a healer. That and I always love a healer. I mean, I'll take a healer with me any day and just slash a few extra times instead of bringing along a magician. So yeah. I, she was uh, practically she was the most useful one for my playstyle. And then also, I mean, she was basically just hot, Jessica with a French accent and she was wearing the latest uh Victoria's Secret lingerie from the uh, Dragon <laughs> Quest world. So Yeah, but Jessica's already hot, Jessica. <laughs> oh no, no, no. Hotter Jessica. Jessica? Have, hotter Jessica. Okay, all right. <laughs> remember yeah. remember that meme we were looking at earlier
2: today where Jessica was an 8, Florette oh. was a 10. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, Florette, she definitely uh makes an impact, you know. Um she's memorable for her her hotness. Her, her sexy voice. Yeah, we'll ha- her... We'll have to slide something in right about here.
3: <sighs> oh la la.
1: Forgive me, Blade. It took me longer than I was expecting to prepare myself. Oh, Do it,
3: Blade. Oh, Do it no. now.
1: How did I know this was your house? Well, I did not think you lived in a shop or at oh, the church. church. Do it like we, you, Blade. It. We, my oh, no. hero.
0: I did not hear you correctly. It almost sounded like
3: you said no. Yeah. <sighs>
0: You, you are so heavy.
3: But I won't let go of you, Blade. Not ever. <sighs> it is so hot.
2: <sighs> Incroyable. Still, there are such fearsome monsters in the world, even after the defeat of Xiphoth. <laughs> <laughs> and her, her sheer usefulness in the game. Like you said, she's the healer. Um, I, I, I talked about the post-game. Um, the, the very end boss basically demands that you bring her with you. Uh, you know, you need to have that spell, Magna Shield, to survive, and Claymore can't do that, so he's out. Um, Florette has multi heal, full heal, and uh, I think Anlayz only had like mid heal or something like that. So yeah, you just you need her; she's the healer, and she's hot. She's always standing backwards with her back to you and looking over her shoulder, and she's got that short skirt. Like I don't know. And anyway,
1: can <laughs> we talk about what we just heard, uh, which is the uh, the the, the uh, sound clip of Florette? Uh,
3: <laughs> yeah, because
1: she it, it does. Sound a little pornographic, <laughs> a little bit like. So some <laughs> of the sound clips start with her just out of breath, and, and it's it was just
0: definitely done on purpose. Those things I, didn't just accidentally. I'd have to like imagine.
1: That. I'd have to imagine the voice actress like in the studio, like, what kind of game is this again? <laughs> 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 what What are you having me read here?
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a kids game. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Uh I remember uh I went through an exercise of pulling a bunch of the resources out of this game, including the sounds. And so back when, you know, obviously I didn't have a good work ethic when I was younger. Um so I was doing this kind of stuff at work and I, I pulled all the sound files out, including her voice. And uh yeah, I started playing them back to see if, you know, what what is this? I wanted to name the files and sort them and stuff. And um yeah, I played the florette ones. And like you said, it's it's pornographic. I had my sound up people are looking uh yeah i really don't have any explanation for that (laughs) so
0: anyway it's uh yeah (laughs) so this Um, was actually a so you mentioned the voice actress this was joe wyatt she's credited in like 97 different things here um we'll have to link this to her she's oh my gosh she's one of the octonauts that, that really makes me... <laughs> that's, one of my, that's one of my kids' favorite TV shows.
3: Uh, oh, wow.
0: Boy. Which one? She's a tweak. <laughs> and and she was on 122 episodes as tweak. So she's done Horizon Zero Dawn, Star Wars Old Republic. My goodness, she's got a lot of different... Mass Effect 3. Wait, oh my gosh. Whoa, isn't the TV series Olivia about a pig? Yes, she was Olivia the pig. <laughs> <laughs> wow that's amazing <laughs> she was a nino cooney bob the builder oh my gosh she so she's done a lot she's Bob the builder she was not bob the builder no a <laughs> <laughs> surprise that Scratch. scarecrow I, thing <laughs> yeah. i don't know who scratch was and we didn't get into bob the builder with my kids but oh this is pretty funny yeah she's done a lot like that was way early you know she got her pornographic start and then uh <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: like many young female actresses yeah, she got the Bob the Builder gig right after uh, <laughs> Dragon Quest Swords. So this is pretty funny. That's awesome.
2: Yep, she's definitely got a lot of allure. Actually, remembered uh, I was talking about how Obishan sent me a copy of the game. Uh, one of the things he wanted in exchange for that was that I would rip some Florette graphics from the game and send them to him. Um, so I obviously happily obliged. But he he clearly was uh, was into Florette. Um, yeah. You know, one of the things that kind of creeped me out when I ripped the Florette model out of the game was you know she didn't have all of her uh, her gear on, I guess. Uh, she was she's normally wearing like a choker around her neck. And without it, her neck is like freakishly long. So I should pull up some pictures and put it on the den after. But um, yeah, like long neck florette. It's really weird, like a brontosaurus or something. Um, <laughs> and, and before you ask, no, I didn't rotate the model to see what kind of underwear she was wearing. I, uh, I, I think well, you guys talked ask, about
1: some. No, I'm thinking it.
2: <laughs> okay, okay. Well, <laughs> I, I did have to check what kind of tread she had on her boots, though. But that's that's totally different. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh...
0: She, obviously, it was granny
2: panties. I mean, she was going to become a nun. <laughs> oh man, oh, I'm sorry
0: for taking it there.
3: <laughs>
2: um, speaking
1: of cosplay, though, she was uh, she was a character in in uh, Dragon Quest Nine. She was one of the special guests that you get from like the DLC. Oh, uh, so she shows up in the Quester's Rest in the in the Stornway In uh, elevator, and you can go and bring your party and get get uh, clothing from her as gifts. She doesn't take it off. She is spare.
2: <laughs> I seem to remember uh, you could change your underwear in that game, right? There was, like, some kind of... Anyways, yeah, so you could, you could... Whatever underwear you want for Florette in Dragon Quest Nine. you could pick it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think she shows up in the Pioneer Town in Dragon Quest IV, too. Um, like, she does... I don't think she visits your town, but there is oh, really? a way you could change the sprites of uh, of people that you pick to go out for the uh, uh, Chance Encounters or whatever they call that. Okay, uh, okay, okay. She was one of the ones you could make it look like Florette, so.
1: Oh, I don't think I ever noticed that. Yeah. Hmm.
2: Pretty
0: cool. No, I didn't <laughs> notice that either. So we had uh, put some stuff that we were gonna, on the den. Obviously we talk about the show a little bit before we do it. We always kind of talk about the games. Don't tell everybody who our secret guest is gonna be. Not that it's a huge secret or anything, but uh, we got some talking points. From some members on the den, and one of them was that Florette always calls you Blade after you meet her. But Liam, uh, either you or King Zenith, one of you guys, put in here that she could call you other stuff.
1: I, I had thought that, um, but I, I, I wasn't—I wasn't sure that because I, I, I again have not played this game in a long time. Um, I thought there was a possibility that, they, that that other names were possible. Does that? ring a bell at all King zenith or but i only yeah. chose blade because i thought it was the best one
2: right yeah i think most people do that and blade is the coolest one for sure but yeah she gives you a choice uh i actually noticed this again when i was ripping the sound graphics out of the game because the voice actor uh whatever her name was um she had to record the lines over and over for each of these different people so you know wow uh yeah so, so uh,
1: there's like a we hacker we out yeah.
2: there <laughs> yeah we, we rusty we yeah exactly so yeah <laughs> The other names she could call you, yeah. She, you could, if you didn't say, if you said blades, no good. She, you know, she kind of puts up a bit of a fuss and says, okay, fine. Well, what about hacker? What about rusty? Uh, I think she also another one was chevalier or, or something like that. Uh, Chopper or monami. Um, I think those were the all the options. So yeah, five or so there. Huh. Yeah, it's kind of like naming the saber cub in Dragon Quest Five, right? So if you don't pick uh, saber, mm-hmm. there's Cycles 30. through a bunch. Yeah yeah, yeah yeah
0: that's pretty cool
2: yeah yeah there's a lot of neat things in this game um you know even like uh, i guess the names of the the swords are all kind of or sorry the names of characters are all all sword references or knife references like claymore um even Anne Lace. i had to look it up but it's some kind of uh sword um I, I think florette is something to do with uh uh fencing it's like a thing you put on the end of your fencing foil or something like that um and yeah dao areval these are all sword types they are i actually looked them all up the other day i meant to drop images into our google doc that
0: we kind of planned the show out on but you you are correct i looked all those up the other day and they are all yeah long knives daggerish kind of stuff i think the dow or the aruval has a big curve at the end of it i was looking these up so yeah, yeah. That, that's something I never really thought of playing the game.
2: Yeah, for sure. And like I felt there was a reference I was missing with the level names, because you know there was um yeah, what, like Galantine Glades and Erundite Heights. Especially Erundite Heights, I'm like, what that that's supposed to be I know that's a pun or something. I, I don't know what it is. Caliburn Cave, I just didn't get it, but um I looked it all up at some point, and they're all they're all from King Arthur legend. So I guess Erundite is the sword of Sir Lancelot. Um Galantine is uh Gawain sword—I don't know who that is, but someone from King Arthur, I guess. And uh, or Gawain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. C. Was
1: Caliburn wasn't was that in Heroes? Was that the name of the castle town in in Heroes? I'm maybe. Sure. Oh,
3: okay.
1: I might be. I might be. Uh, might be thinking of oh, maybe like Calibur or something like that.
2: Could be. It's my one of my deepest shames that I haven't played that game yet. So yeah, uh,
1: <laughs> my memory's escaping me. Uh, I just
0: it's I haven't played that game in a while either. No, yeah. so, it doesn't. It's not popping up on the wiki that way. I mean, Caliburn Caves is uh, in the Caliburn. Dragon Quest Swords. It, it might be. Yeah, something okay. similar. It yeah, sounds just sounds similar.
2: Right, and then there was the the mirror gimmick for for naming things. Uh, everything was like backwards. I think there's the. The Rora mask is just like the word mirror backwards. Um, <laughs> yeah, and monster names. There was Salta, which is Atlas backwards. Um, Der Gibb was Big Red, and uh, one of the swords I think was called the Redness Sadner or something like that, which is backwards is rend asunder. Um, so yeah. Anyway, that it was kind of an annoying thing, but they sprinkled that throughout the whole game. Huh. And Neat. then there's the pink masked shop owner guy.
0: <laughs> oh, always love some pink mask guys. Oh, uh, you talk about the bull the bull
1: headed.
2: Yeah, toughy yeah. guy.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, when the pink mask, it reminds me of Dave
2: from uh from eleven. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, for sure. He had some interesting lines or I it is a he, I think. Yeah, sure it is. Um you know, so. how how hard would you like it, love? Um <laughs> you know. Come Otherwise, and play with me again or I'll rip your bloody arms off or <laughs> anyways. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, the 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 music in this game, too, is uh, we talked a, a little bit oh, uh, a couple of podcasts ago. Uh, to, it's uh, Minami Matsume, who w- did the music for like the original uh, Mega Man and some of Mega Man, too, I think. Um, and uh, so it, she did some arrangement of some of Koichi Sugiyama's music, and then some of it was just her own but it sounded like that kind of style so it's uh it's really cool i uh i was uh talking to mishi at one time at a, con- a convention and we were talking about about uh, matsume's work on this game and uh and we both agree was like the the she would be an awesome replacement if like you know Sugiyama retires or, or anything happens you know like uh, and they need to pass the torch um i don't know if that's already like in the works to somebody but uh but Minami M- uh, matsume did an amazing job on the music for this game
0: i thought that was worth mentioning again yeah i mean at the time since this was a console game i probably had the music on for this it's a lot of the mobile gaming i am doing something else at the same time but I, until you mentioned it i think it was with the episode with Dwayne or something like that i never had any idea from my untrained ear that it was somebody different
2: i feel like i always kind of noticed a difference with the music it, it, it did have kind of a different feel i i thought but i i liked it a lot and i'd be curious to know if she's done any uh you know any contributed any tracks or anything to any other dragon quest games i can't remember if you mentioned that in the other podcast or not but uh yeah um,
1: i don't think so i think this might have been a one-off
2: Oh, it's too bad wait a minute yeah. Wait a minute.
1: she's got she's got a bunch of other franchises under her belt though she did the music for shovel knight which is like a very very mega man sounding uh type uh music to it mm-hmm. really really catchy kind of uh yeah this um, is her only dragon
0: quest one yeah i mean i wonder how old she is because it, she was doing what 55 oh I mean, she was the like you said. She did the music for the original Mega Man. So I mean, that goes back a ways. Yet she is fifty five. Skype was hiding that age under the uh, Skype thing. She was born on Christmas. Look at that. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
3: That'll win your,
0: uh, trivia quest at some point. Yeah, her solo album came
1: out in Japan on the day of my wedding in Japan. Oh, look at that. <laughs> <laughs> a little personal trivia for myself.
0: <laughs> so I know, uh, King Zenith, you wanted to talk about one of your favorite chapters or bosses, because I know Liam and I don't remember much, but I do remember I loved the grind on this. Um, As much as Liam loves grinding his monsters up to level 40 in Dragon Quest Monsters, um, (laughs) I I ran these levels over and over and over again, which, I mean, you had to do to get... Because, I mean, there really wasn't much more to the game than go into this one place and go to the end and then you know, you warped out and you could do it again and again. But I, I really had fun going over and over again, finding those little secret um, things. Like some of them had the paths that diverged left or right. and uh, But doing that and just to get the higher ranks, because at the end of every level, you would get a rank, the, you know, C, B, A, S. And I think you got items based upon that or maybe just the money or something was based upon that. Yeah, but I no, would do I those think, for over yeah, and over right. again.
2: Yeah, definitely. And, like, I think there was a lucky bag or something like that in level two. So if you uh, – I don't know if that was just, like, the first time you completed or you had to go a certain path to find it. But, uh, yeah, and I think your your rank determined what kind of – how many and what type of alchemy ingredients you'd get or uh, what do they call it, sword-tempering ingredients. Um, Correct. Yeah, yeah. It was super fun to run those levels over and over. And definitely my favorite was the, the mirror tower, um, you know, climbing up higher and higher and stuff. A lot of good monsters in there. And the boss was – I guess, what is his name? Gross, gross messer. Um, So what a super fun boss to fight. Of course, I'm partial to arch demons. So no surprise (laughs) that I like him. But yeah, he's got like a bunch of mini demons that like shoot at you and stuff and different spells. I don't know. He was just pretty fun. So and uh, I think the weirdest chapter was that portal to the mirror world where like you're just kind of standing there and things fly at you and you try to hit them before they hit you. Um, So anyway,
0: I remember that.
2: That was I
0: was a little psychedelic talking about Earthbound earlier. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> that's right it's weird after five beers too so it's uh <laughs> oh that's pretty good that's had the me- they had the metal slimes in that one too didn't they that level yeah but they were notoriously hard to hit i found but yeah, yeah you could grind that. on those yeah yeah. Um, yeah i think one of the mirror bosses was a uh a king a metal king slime or whatever so if you really wanted to grind uh post game like that was the way to go nice so what
0: what You remember about the sword
2: tempering, because I remember you
0: could do it, but I don't really remember specifics about it. I mean, I love doing it, trying to move down the chain, and I couldn't remember if you could get all of the swords at any one time, or was there a point where you kind of had to decide which way to go down the sword
2: tree or yeah like i think you start the game with like a rusty sword or no the rusty sword goes up to the metal king but you know some some crappy sword mm-hmm. uh, and then you as you kind of go through you you basically have to pick a path uh and follow it but um later on in the game if you've got some extra cash you can buy one of those crappy swords again and go up a different path so yeah you can you can go down all three paths of the sword tempering tree if you want uh and i think they end up with uh, the sword of kings at the end of one of them uh the zenithian sword at another one and the Dragovian Sword for the third path. So yeah, you could end up with each of those three if you were so committed. And I think tempering down those different paths gave you different master strokes and stuff. So um, yeah, I guess it was kind of to your advantage to you know unlock more different master strokes. Um, yeah, the Zenithian sword was the one where, uh, you could get the absolute zero master stroke, which was, I don't know, once you have that, that's like the only one you seem to need. It was, uh, very overpowered or, or something like that. So it was, uh, didn't really need the other paths. If you went Zenithian sword, you're pretty, pretty well set. <laughs> and then, uh, Metal King sword. And there was a special sword that you could get the, uh, Dragon Warrior sword, I guess, as well. I can't remember how to get that. And then they had that mirror sword that they kind of force upon you. There's that one spot in the game where if you don't switch to the crappy uh mirror sword, then you can't uh do the master stroke and make the fire thing happen to give you access to the one of the levels there. So, um mm-hmm. yeah, I don't remember if you remember that, but yeah. I mean, I
0: this was something that, you know, the more we talk about it now, I now I'm definitely going to have my sister at least bring the weed. This summer, our family gets together for a couple weeks over the summer and I, oh, the grandkids, my parents, grandkids, my two kids and my niece and nephew. This is something that I think would be interesting for a night, at least to throw in there and try to uh, have the kids play a little bit just for fun was this the uh the first dragon quest game
1: to have that kind of tempering system that eventually would later go into like 10 and 11
0: Well, i mean you had the alchemy before it because this came out
1: about three years after eight right yeah eight would have been the first for alchemy but um is this like the kind of whole the idea of like the master stroke and the forge and everything sword tempering was this the first to kind of have that
2: I didn't see it before this game. Yeah, I can't even... And I don't know about 10,
1: so... 10 10 definitely has it because uh, the music, the same music that shows up in in 11 for sword tempering shows up in 10. And I think Noaria mentioned on our podcast that they had that or some equivalent of, like, sword tempering Mm -hmm. or, like, weapon alchemy in the game.
0: That's
1: cool. So, uh, um, King Zenith, you were saying that there's a... uh, a uh, reference to swords in uh, in Rocket Slime?
2: Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, so or anyone who's a Rocket Slime fan, um, you know, as you as you uh, fight more and more of those different tanks, they, each tank had a design and they had like a little catchphrase that went with it. And one of them was uh, a DQ sword shout out. I think the tank was called DQ Swords, the revolution is coming, we, uh, and it was spelled like W-E-E. <laughs>
3: <laughs> um, yeah,
2: so I I love those t- I don't know, the different tank designs and everything. I think it was a lethal armor um from the other Dragon Quest games. So, love those tank names. They're all at the Dragon Stand. I think my yeah. favorite is like Fortnite not too weak. Um, ah, classic. <laughs> I like <laughs> Qu- Cro-
1: uh Chrono Twigger. Oh yeah. Yeah, giant tree. <laughs> Oh, that's good. So uh, um, with swords being a really different idea for the series, what other kind of outside-the-box ideas would you like to see for a Dragon Quest experiment? Uh, would you like to see the Dragon Quest franchise experiment with?
0: And this is pretty funny because of what we talked about earlier. and We set up these show notes about a week ago. And what do I type in a week ago? Strategy, tactical, RPG. And now what do we get with the uh, DQ tact on the... Uh, thing on the uh mobile coming out in japan but um there was some discussion on the dragon's den this week about why are they calling it dq tact why not dq tactics why not go give it the full name i mean come on i'd still like to see a dq tactics with you know the um make it like a dragon quest heroes style game where you bring back a bunch of heroes from different games and have them be your strategy people i have very rarely played strategy or tactical rpg games but i would definitely give it a try for this i mean we had the old dsi was the dq wars game that came out years ago
1: and yeah i remember that i never got to play it but it was kind of like it was kind of like advanced wars right
3: yeah
0: Yeah. i mean it was you were on maybe like a six by six grid it wasn't very big and the in the battles lasted pretty quickly and you know you could pick a couple different monsters to go with you i don't think there was more than a dozen monsters i don't even think there was a dozen monsters total in the game so it was like three dollars five dollars and you can still get it on the uh i think even with the 3ds you can buy it on the store i was playing it recently on my 3ds and recently i think about a year ago when um one of the other podcasts brought it up but I think Puff Puff Hour brought it up, and I logged on, and I was able to get on my Nintendo account, and sure enough, redownload it on my thing. It was still there. Um, oh,
2: that's that's awesome.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. It, it, at least a year ago Did they put it back my- because
1: I, I remember a bunch of years ago, like maybe f- f- uh, like four or five years ago, trying to like find it, like finding out about it late and trying to find it and it, I couldn't
3: hmm.
1: but if it I'll was a year ago, a maybe it's, that. yeah maybe it's back up
0: or i mean i wonder if it was just because i never i never uh you had or, previously downloaded it i had previously downloaded it and when i bought my new 3ds xl i did the whole system transfer uh-huh. it took like 2 hours to wirelessly send everything from my original 3ds to that one hmm. so maybe that's why i still had it So, I mean, I can still play it. I wonder. I'm trying to look at it here. I mean, I don't necessarily see it on the Nintendo store, but hmm. I'd have to charge my 3DS. It's been a while. That's a good question. The other thing I'd like to see, because there's been other series that have done this, kind of like a dungeon crawler, like the Etrian Odyssey. Uh, And that could be a party-based game, too, where you bring back some old Dragon Quest heroes for some uh, good old first-person dungeon crawling, going through a maze-type thing.
1: Yeah, like the grottos and DQ-9?
0: Yeah, but more with the old first-person view, okay. where you're literally going grid square by grid square and seeing what's in front of you. I think that'd be a lot of fun. I'm a fun. big Entry and fan, so... <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'd definitely give that a shot. I think, uh, you know, uh, another style of game, I don't think this would work for a mainline because uh, someone would be tarred and feathered if they did this, but, like, an action RPG, like uh, Secret of Mana or something like that, uh, I think that would be... A fun one I would like to try as, as a spin-off or something like that it would be kind of cool
1: yeah I'm, I'm really looking forward to that trials of uh, trials of mana remake because I loved that game or really played I played that fan translation for second Setsu 3 like so many times in college like just over and over again <laughs> because if you choose different character combinations you get different end bosses and there's at least three of them
2: yeah I seem to remember at least three as well yeah
1: yeah so, yeah that's uh, that's that's a good idea i'd love to see them do a mana style game in the dragon quest series or um, something to that effect
2: yeah i think it'd be fun they've tried a lot you know it's it's amazing how many different kinds they've tried lately but um yeah it's uh yeah, i think just a few more different types would be kind of cool so yeah give it a shot cool
0: I mean, if history tells us anything, eventually they will. There'll be something.
1: And I, I really do think that you know, this was this swords game was the precursor to a kind of VR experience, and that that is gonna that's gonna be big. Um, I'm sure it'll be um, it'll be out in Japan first, obviously, but like, it, it'll be it'll be big in japan then eventually kind of make it over here um it already started you, you're already starting to see vr stuff in malls and at conventions and stuff um i don't know anyone who has an oculus <laughs> but um, <laughs> but but yeah we have one at work um that are like one of our creative team has it and and we can go like and check it out and i've, I've done some demos with uh um some of the uh folks from unity um where we're in the office and and a, a couple other like mobile um augmented reality companies come in occasionally and it's it's cool uh i'd love to see what they could do more with the dragon quest and vr um because i think there's a lot of potential there uh for that to be the next big dragon quest spinoff
2: that would definitely be amazing
1: that's something i definitely would buy like an oculus for Mm. me too i'd I'd sell
2: my first board (laughs) oh he's gonna listen to this there it is on the
0: podcast forever (laughs) (laughs) but will he get two hours into the podcast and hear that
2: (laughs) you're right
0: (laughs)
1: yeah he probably fell asleep after the first five minutes
2: he'll just skip ahead to the end
0: You're like, wait a minute! I've already heard the whole first hour. I know, I know, my dad. <laughs> but, uh, all right. So, anything else we want to say about Dragon Quest Swords
2: here? Any other memories of the game? Or
1: um, I, I just like I the voice acting. I like that 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 all the bosses and stuff yell stuff at you while you're fighting them. Right.
2: Yeah. I guess that reminds me of the the womanizing father. That was always something that stuck out to me. Uh, he's always at the pub, and you know, don't tell your mom about. Uh, about stuff so yeah that's uh yeah it was good voice acting for sure
0: yeah and at least with florette they
2: got somebody who uh actually made a
0: career of this so (laughs) at the time even had a career about it so yeah they didn't they didn't pull punches on that one at least Mm. in that department all righty so i guess we'll bring our dragon quest swords discussion to an end and that pretty much brings this episode of slime time to an end We do want to thank King Zenith for joining us to talk about some of the more obscure DQ games. Thanks so much, King Zenith. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. Uh, You might have noticed that the only time we mention Patreon on our podcast is when we say we don't use Patreon. We're just longtime fans that want to speak out about the game series we know and love so much. If you do have some money, though, that you would like to donate, consider sliding on over to the Dragon's Den at www.wudis.com slash den and click on support the site wudis has owned and maintained the dragon's den for over 20 years and i'm sure he would appreciate any donation large or small um or you can use his affiliate links he's got there for pretty much any dragon quest game from uh, dragon quest 7 3ds through dragon quest 11s um all the ones in between um, and hopefully a fraction of those sales will go to support the den. And if you're an advertiser and you're looking for a cool new podcast to spend
1: lots of ad revenue on, reach out to us (laughs) at slimetimepodcast at gmail.com.
0: Oh man. The first email we get from you will be our first email we get from anyone.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's true. We will have to actually check that address just in case actually people do follow that and actually send us something um so if you have any questions or comments for us you can find us on twitter at platy m3 or at riamu celestrian or hit us up both simultaneously at dq slime time
0: uh king zenith is there any way that people can get a hold of you
2: sure yeah i'm on twitter uh at king zenith den uh gmail king zenith den at gmail.com and uh youtube as well um king zenith den or right. at the dragon's den <laughs>
0: Yes, of course. All of us, you can find on the Dragon's Den. We do have a uh, thread that we start for every new show. Uh, So consider joining in those DQ discussions at the Dragon's Den forums. We're one of the few remaining... uh, Forums, any forums still around. Everybody's on Discord now. But you can find the Dragon's Den from the forums at the main page at www.woodus.com slash forums. Uh, I know I'm always posting there, keeping uh, people up to date on uh, what I'm playing and what's coming out. Heck, that's how I found about DQ Tact the other day when it dropped. So thanks to everyone that made this podcast possible like brian aka Woodis, for his support of the series over the past 20 years and this podcast and for keeping the dragon's den's lights on and thanks to amanda lapree and the Descendants of verdrick for allowing us to use their
1: music for our podcast Descendants of verdrick is a video game cover band from austin texas if you like what you've heard check them out in their most recent album advent um at www.descendrix.com at DescendantsOfErdrick.com or on Twitter at D of Erdrick. Or go see their band leader Amanda LaPrie live on tour as a guitarist for Andrew WK.
0: And of course, our thanks as always to Dwayne Bullock, our wonderful graphic artist and Dragon Quest fan for making the awesome artwork cover for this podcast. Dwayne was on the original iteration of the Slime Time podcast and back on episode I think it was two or three. You can check out more of his work at Dwayne Art on Instagram or his website at Dwayne Bullock Art.BigCartel.com.
1: And if you're looking for more DQ podcasts, check out our earlier episodes on Dragon's Den, Anchor FM, iTunes, Spotify, YouTube. youtube and more please also check out our fellow dragon quest podcasts available like puff puff hour and dragon quest fm bye everyone dq slime time sliding off